The following is an exclusive presentation of the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. IMG is America's home for college sports. The seeds are sown in spring. Got That's the way to work. The hopes that those spring seeds and he's got room for the right. Tucks throws anyway in the end zone. It is will blossom into fall greatness. Ah, it's caught for a touchdown. Leaning back and holding it again. There he goes again into the end zone. He did it. Goes on his way and it is good. 55, 53. The Cougars win it. This is where it all begins. You're tuned to the BYU Spring Football Game on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. The BYU Spring Football Game is brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to Lavelle Edwards Stadium with your hosts, Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on this first Saturday of spring for BYU's annual spring practice and scrimmage for the fans. Second spring go-round for head coach Kalani Satake and his staff, all of whom are back again in year number two. The Cougars coming off a 9-4 and four campaign in Satake's first season, which ended with five consecutive wins, including a bowl victory in San Diego. And back on the football headset for the first time since that game in December, I'm Greg Rubel, joined high above field level by my longtime broadcast partner and former BYU quarterback, the one and only Arvada Flash, number 15, Mark Lyons. And uh, while we're almost exactly five months away from the kickoff of the 2017 season, being back in the booth and uh, back on the job, even in the spring, it's a nice way to kind of shorten the offseason, Mark, and a good way to assess the progress of these players. Boy, I agree, Greg. It's a little bit of football. That's the thing that we get. And, and mixed in right at the same time as March Madness is going on. So it becomes a little bit more exciting. Yeah, but uh, uh, the fact that we do get to see a little bit of football does break that uh, long time up until we get back into the fall. And football in the spring does mean that uh, in the old days it's such a change. In the old days, it was brutal. They just beat you up every day in practice. They were trying to find the depth for who was going to start and who was going to be number two and three in the in the fall. But uh, you had all summer to heal, so they didn't care. Now the change is really different. Today, they really go through fundamentals, and I was quite impressed by uh, Coach Sataki's comments about uh, they felt that uh, some of the errors that they made in last year's games were caused by fundamental problems, and so they wanted to get out and work on fundamentals, and that's why we're seeing a lot of emphasis on doing things properly and teaching them the fundamentals again to get through football, and th- they are going to look for positions. They, they need a backup quarterback, uh, you know, and, and they want to know, is Bo Hodge going to be able to play you know is he the guy and and a lot of fans are worried about receivers and and uh, it'll be interesting to see who's on the field so uh, there was a, a change in the coaching and the way that uh, uh, coach Kafusi is now working with linebackers and coach Sataki is taking more of an involved role on the defense so it'll be kind of uh, interesting stuff to see and we get to see a little peek of that here in the spring ball you know, the day started soggy, but there's no rain right now. A little wind, a little cool. It's okay spring weather. Mark, it's the kind of day in which you might look around and say, 
Greg, my boy. What a great day for a football game. We have yeah, a full, say. full afternoon of coverage uh, <laughs> planned for you today. Coming up after the break, we'll share with you today's schedule, give you an idea of what you'll be seeing here at the stadium and hearing here on the radio. We are brought to you in part by JCW's. For a great meal or a gourmet shake before or after today's scrimmage, stop into JCW's The Burger Boys, located at Thanksgiving Point, American Fork, Provo, and South Jordan. Experience quality and a lot of it. More spring football next on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking soft. Wash all you want at Quick Quack Car Wash with the lowest unlimited car wash prices in Utah. More locations, more savings, and more fun. For location info or special offers, visit DontDriveDirty.com or text GoCougs to 555-888. As Cougar fans, you understand the concept of team. You realize that to win, every player has to do their best. To be the best financial team player, Zions Bank really listens because they want to give each client the type of banking experience they want. From traditional face-to-face banking to leading-edge security and mobile access, however you like to bank at zions bank you can explore banking your way at your local zions bank zions bank we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business a division of zbna member fdic KT Tape is proud to support BYU and help athletes perform their best. KT Tape is an elastic sports and fitness tape designed for muscle, ligament, and tendon pain relief and support. Whether you're training for your first marathon, getting ready for your next game, or reaching a personal fitness goal, you know that nothing slows you down faster than pain and injury. KT Tape is lightweight, comfortable to wear, and can be used for hundreds of common injuries. Go to kttape.com to learn more. Train longer and finish stronger with KT Tape. For over 100 years, the skilled electricians of IBEW Local 354 have helped Salt Lake City and the state of Utah grow and prosper. Our state-of-the-art apprenticeship program prepares our members for safe, quality electrical construction. Ask for IBEW electricians and get the job done right. The first time, on time, on budget, every time. The time is now to hire IBEW electricians. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU's 2017 spring practice and scrimmage. Greg Grubel, Mark Lyons in the broadcast booth, along with our engineer, Barry Squires. The third member of our crew is former Cougar receiver, return man, and academic All-American, Nate Mickle. Nate coming up a bit later. We've got our spotter, Doug Martin, our statistician, Greg Pesci, our intern, Luke Beastinall, here in the booth as well. Here's the format for today's on-field activities. Whether you're listening to us on your drive into the stadium or already here waiting for the players to hit the field or anywhere else enjoying today's coverage, this is what is in store today. At, at 1 o'clock, uh, players will be on the field, and they'll be stretching, warming up for about 10 minutes. At 1.10, they'll be involved in individual position group drills. That's by position on the field, about 10 minutes of that. At about 1.20-ish, you'll then start seeing the quarterbacks start throwing to the receivers on air. Roots on air, they call this. And so basically some throwing and some catching, uh, no pressure or defense. No defense, yeah. Right. At 1.30, we'll now see some one-on-one work. One-on-ones would be wide receivers against DBs, tight ends against linebackers, O-line against D-line. About five minutes or so of one-on-one work. Then around 135, we'll see a little bit more football. This is Skelly now, six versus 
seven. Offense against defense, but no linemen involved. Maybe 10 minutes of that. Then we get our first 11 on 11 work. And from 145 to about 205 or thereabouts, we're going to see four periods or 20 minutes of 11 versus 11 football. 10 minutes tackle, 10 minutes non-tackle or tag. After that, at around 205, some more skelly work. 6v7. Uh, again, no offensive lineman, no defensive lineman. 10 minutes of that. And then the 11 on 11 comes back at around 215. So for the final half hour, 215 to 245, we're back in full team play. 11 on 11, half of it tackle, and the rest of it, uh, or some of it non-tackle, the rest of it tackle to end the day. So that's what we're kind of looking at. And Mark, in contrast to last season, Kalani ran that four-quarter blue-white game, all yeah. scoring being kept. Today's more of a mix of a one-on-one, Skelly, 11 on 11, tackle, tag, essentially what you might get on a typical practice day for BYU. Yeah, right. And in fact, I think it's probably a very similar schedule to what they did at St. George when they went down there. And the people saw a lot of football. There were a lot of people down there, and they saw a lot of football. And so uh, you worry about having enough healthy players around to play that kind of game that they did last year. And this year they probably have more people available than they did last year. But you get to see so many more uh, people in situations that you would like to set up for them. And so you get to see personnel differences, and, and you don't have to have them on a team one way or the other. And so you, you get so much more out of the scrimmage where you call the shots. You have more control. We are going to see, though, throughout the entire today, offense versus defense. Offense will be in white jerseys, defense in royal blue. So uh, don't be thinking about blue versus white. It is offense versus defense. Offense is all in white today, and the defense is all in royal blue today. And that was the schedule as we laid it out. Nice combination of, uh, of live work, uh, tackle, some non-tackle, and most of the players you want to see will be doing something out there today. Coming up after the break, we'll start to get into uh, the pregame coverage with the coaches' conversations. We'll be talking with offensive coordinator Ty Detmer next in his second season in charge of the Cougar attack. Ty is coming up after our break as our BYU spring football contibri- uh, coverage continues. We're brought to you in part by Deseret First Credit Union, serving the LDS community. Back with more from Provo right here on the new skin Cougar. I am Sports Network. Movies like Contagion are fiction, but disease outbreaks can and do happen. Early detection allows public health officials at the state, local, and federal levels to manage and reduce the spread and impact of a contagious disease. CDC stands ready to respond. Our scientists work 24-7 to address current and potential health threats. For more information about CDC's work or how you can stay healthy, visit www.cdc.gov. I've got the water, energy bars, and camera. I think we're set for the hike. Almost. We need to protect our skin. Don't forget your wide-brimmed hat and sunscreen. All right. I've got the hat. I've got SPF 30. Will that work? Yeah. Anything 15 or higher is good. Just make sure it says broad spectrum. Great. Got it. I am not getting burned again. Let's go. Learn more at cdc.gov cancer. Hi, I'm Kathy Rigby, and I love portraying Peter Pan on the stage. But there are many children who are facing the reality of life-threatening illnesses every day. Discovery Arts helps children undergoing cancer treatment step outside of their illness and into a world of imagination by bringing them music, dance, and arts adventures while they're in the hospital. For $15 a month, you can become a Discovery Arts partner and bring art adventures to a child facing the unimaginable. Visit discoveryarts.org today for more information. 
Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for BYU Spring Football 2017. Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons up here in the booth. We'll have Nate Mickle down at field level throughout the day for commentary and live interviews. Warm-ups and live plays still ahead of us here in Provo. Kicking off our pre-practice coverage right now is my conversation with BYU offensive coordinator and QB coach and former Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer. And Ty with me previews today's activities and says he's pretty pleased with how things have gone this spring. It's been good. We've gotten a lot of the young guys, a lot of reps, kind of had a chance to see them a little bit. Um, with, with the spring scrimmage, we'll be able to see them live now a little bit. Some of those return missionaries haven't been tackled in a couple of years, so uh, we want to see them get out there and just move in space. And um, it, it changes a little bit, you know, when you're tagging off every, every time they touch you, you're down right there. And now we get a chance to see them in live action, break tackles, uh, yards after the catch all those things so um but i feel like we've come a long way in spring we've detailed things you know that a lot of our base stuff and then uh we'll be able to kind of add to it from there once we get to fall camp how much do you want to show uh tanner to the fans on saturday um i think they've seen enough of him it's now more you know we want to go out there and execute and get completions and those kind of things so we won't try to overdo it and throw the ball down the field you know more than normal uh when the opportunities are there we'll take them but if they're not we'll read the offense and that's my hope anyway that sometimes you get in front of the fans and you want to do too much so we'll talk a little bit about that with our our quarterbacks and not try to overdo it um and be the fan favorite but uh you know we'll we'll take our shots when they're there but um he'll definitely get plenty of work and you know a lot of it's just reps and and everybody needs reps and he's one of those guys too that that needs it and just uh continue to see it after Tanner, can you tell us about the other four guys we'll be dressing at quarterback? Yeah, so Bo Hodge will be uh, probably next man up, and then uh, he's done a good job this spring. I think he's starting to understand it, see it, um, working on consistency with throws, those kind of things. But uh, he's done a good job of understanding the offense. And then uh, Coy will be uh, probably next up, and yeah, he understands it, he sees it. Uh, you know, he's had a really good spring; completion percentage is high, and he's uh, Again, it's just consistency with him, same thing. And then we'll have Cody Wilstead just off a mission. And the end of January, he got in on the block, so he's been with us for this spring. Um, was a little limited, um, had a little soreness in his arm just from not throwing uh, for a couple years. And mm-hmm. so he's back now uh, 100%, but he kind of had limited reps. So he's still learning it and trying to figure it out. Um, and then Jeremiah Evans joined us this year, uh, this spring as well. I played with his dad, Joe. 
show and yeah. Jeremiah, a uh, sharp kid that he's uh, he's understanding it. Obviously, not getting as many reps as as he'd like uh, with the other guys getting reps. So, um, but he'll mix in and, and get some work on Saturday as well. Format wise, as opposed to a blue white point scoring format, we're going to see offense versus defense basically. Yeah, you know we've got some return missionaries still coming this summer, uh, so those guys are part of our numbers right now, and and so we don't really have enough to split up into you know blue versus white um, due to numbers. So we're going to try to keep um, everybody in a rotation, uh, mix and match. Uh, contact and non-contact periods so we may be moving the ball and it's tagged that that couple drives and then the next couple drives will be full contact and and uh we'll make sure the right guys are in at that time that we want to see getting that work so uh you'll see a lot of kind of jumping around uh, special teams will be mixed in there but mm-hmm. it will be um kind of a normal scrimmage practice for us We've seen enough of T. John, I would think, but we're going to see ten or eleven offensive linemen get a lot of reps, aren't we? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you'll see Key and Norman and Austin Chambers at some center. Unfortunately, Jacob Jimenez got hurt uh, down in Dixie, so um, you know we'll uh, we'll mix some guys around to see who's going to kind of anchor that, that backup center spot. And then Shannon Herring's been playing tackle and guard. Austin uh, Hoyt's tackle and guard. So mm-hmm. you'll see a pretty good uh, mix your guys in there at, at different spots and uh, the more versatile and the more depth you have uh, the more it'll help come the season where you can plug guys in at different spots because now they've had some time at it how impressed are you with Kiefer Longston who redshirted and relative to Jacob what's his prognosis yeah uh, Jacob's tore ACL so he'll be out for the season he's got a redshirt year fortunately so he'll be able to to redshirt um, rehab and just be full strength for next spring so um, we're glad he's got that year that he can take and and use so uh, as far as Kiefer goes he's a big strong physical kid still learning the nuances uh, he was purely scout team last year so um, he wasn't you know getting much work with the the ones or the twos and so um, he's got a lot of work this spring and and definitely has the physical tools now it's putting that with uh, understanding that our defense throws a lot at us in the spring so there's times where you know he's has a good day and then other times where things are happening fast for him and the slants and the twists and the blitzes and all those things uh, get on you pretty quick when you haven't been seeing it back to tanner for a second it's your first season with him working with him as a starter nice to have a guy though with a few thousand college passing yards uh, on his resume though coming into the situation that definitely helps uh you know he's got game experience and uh you know we're fortunate to, to have that going into the season with a new starting quarterback so um i think he learned a lot through last season hearing it seeing it um on the sideline and and then getting some reps towards the end of the season so uh great foundation going in uh he He's really been in the office every day. He's he's hanging out after practice, trying to ask when I can watch film with him and um, talking football. And so uh, it's a com- you know completely different guy than last year going into fall camp. After quarterback, what's the uh, position group that you think is most ready to roll, most up to speed right now? You know the experience we have at the offensive line really helps. Uh, four guys that that started for us, um, and then you plug in a guy that you know 
would have some experience with a guy like Austin Hoyt or somebody like that. Uh, and then Kiefer's pushing for it. Austin Chambers, Chandon Herring, they're all pushing for time. And so that's that's what you want, competition at every spot. And so that group with the experience, I'd say, is, is hopefully going to be our strong suit. And we can trust those guys to give us a little extra time and, and allow receivers to work downfield and then, uh, you know, be able to run the ball like we did last year. Louis not in spring. What's his long-term prognosis right now? We're not sure. Um, he had a pretty significant knee surgery last year uh, during the season, so he may need uh, need one on the other knee, um, kind of a genetic um, defect in there in the knees. So we're we're waiting to see um, what what that looks like uh, come this summer, and then uh, go from there. We're going to see a lot of wide receivers and running backs uh, get snaps on Saturday, right? Yeah, for sure. Those guys are chomping at the bit. Uh, everybody wants to show what they can do and try to earn reps so it's a good position to be in because they're all pushing each other and and they know um, those those reps are limited so if they want to be in there they need to show that they can be the guy and be in every down type of player seems like at rb there's a whole variety of of skill sets and talents and sizes and uh, different ways to do things right now yeah it, it puts more pressure on the coaches to, to find those matchups and and tie your scheme with their their ability so uh, but it's a good problem to have because you can mix in guys that uh, a lot of those guys can run it they can catch it uh, they can block so you know you'll see a pretty good variety from from that group come the season everybody wonders when the next great BYU tight end is going to come to the forefront and, and how how's the group you've got together right now uh, really good that'll be another strong suit for us I believe um, you know Tanner Baldry and Hunter Marshall played all year for us and they're not even out there and that group's been very productive this spring with Moroni moving into tight end and Matt Bushman those guys add a, a different dimension in the passing game for us and uh, our mismatches for linebackers so uh, we feel really good with that position and then we'll get Hunter and, and Tanner back for the fall and now all of a sudden you're you're really four deep and Joe Tukawafu is is making improvements he's a big physical guy Do you play this fall or we're waiting to see if he yeah. gets uh, released um, then we'll have a chance to play him this fall if not he'll he'll redshirt and run scout team and be ready to go the following year and uh so you know that group is is pretty solid you'll see nate sampson in there too this uh for the spring scrimmage and he's uh he's a guy that got reps last year a little bit and understands it and and so that that group's really strong for us right now okay finally ty as you self-evaluated your first year as offensive coordinator moving into the second what do you think you really liked and what's going to need to pick up maybe in 2017 well i like the execution we had uh we were efficient on third downs um you know but looking at that too we there were games we had a lot of third downs so we feel like we need a few more plays down the field push it down the field a little more um you know you always want more touchdowns um so you know but we we feel like we're really efficient in certain areas and and then other areas we we need more yards after the catch we need more explosive plays we need um you know to not put ourselves in third and four or 15 times a game you know so uh fortunately we were a high conversion percentage of those and we did a great job there but um we'd like to see us you know kind of open it up a little more and, and give us a chance down the field some all right Ty, thanks for the conversation we look forward to saturday and of course to 2017 appreciate it thank you
Panthers offense coordinator Ty Detmer. We switch sides of the ball here from defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki next. Fan Zero Res is cleaning up the competition. Zero Res Carpet Cleaning is the leader in cleaning solutions for your home. Carpets, upholstery, tile, grout, and more. Call Zero Res at 801-2880. BYU football spring coverage continues after this on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Hey, this is Chris from JCW's, the Burger Boys. If you're looking for the perfect place to watch your favorite team while enjoying a delicious third-pound burger piled high with thick bacon and a delicious shake, then JCW's is the perfect place. We're a homegrown Utah company, and we work hard to provide the best-tasting food around in a clean, friendly atmosphere that family and friends will enjoy. Stop in and see us today. We're in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, and now in South Jordan. JCW's, quality, and a lot of it. Things in Orem and Provo are always changing. Construction is expanding, businesses are coming to town, and BYU has a new coach. Whatever changes happen in our community, one thing will always stay constant. The support we at Ken Garf, Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen will always show toward BYU and the Cougar community. Come visit us on University Parkway in Orem. Ken Garf, we hear Cougs. Looking for some fun in your life? Look no further than Kona Ice, the coolest shaved ice truck around. Kona Ice does all types of events, corporate, athletic, private parties, fundraisers, and even schools. We're Smart Snack approved. To book Kona Ice for your next event, visit us online at www.kona-ice.com or give us a call at 801-228-0058. Again, that's 801-228-0058. Kona Ice is a proud sponsor of BYU Athletics. The love of the game. It flows through our veins and fills our lungs. It brings us to our feet and sometimes our knees. But behind every thrilling point, there is strength and security. The card Utah has counted on for more than 70 years. Opening doors to the best health care in all 50 states. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Proud sponsor of Cougar Football. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and our coverage of BYU Spring Football 2017. Greg Rubel, Mark Lines, and Nate Mickle with you. We've already heard from offensive coordinator Ty Detmer. Let's go to the other side of the ball now where Elisa Tuiaki coordinates and now evaluates his group's defensive performance this spring compared to one year ago. A lot smoother, you know, as, as far as just uh, um, kids executing things that we're trying to do. And that we, we put a big emphasis on just mastering the scheme, which, which we're not adding too much to, as well as, um, you know, being more fundamentally sound and getting better at technique and all that stuff. And so the kids have bought into it. And, you know, we try to pick on meeting days, after practice days, uh, you know, a certain number of clips as far as just where we've improved uh, you know, schematically as well as with our technique and, and or what we could do better and, and uh, it's been good i thought the kids been having you know second year around a lot a lot more savvy play and um you know, especially with there, there's so many things that change on defense with spacing and everything and you know where we would normally say okay on paper this is your assignment um and then on film you're like well this is your assignment except for when this happens or except when this happens or you want to do this when this happens now they're starting to see it a little bit faster and so we're making less corrections because they're starting to just get a better feel for the game of ball what do you think came to define your scheme in 2016? Oh, you know, I, I, I think 
it's uh, it, it, it's hard for me to really put my finger on just saying, okay, this this defines your scheme. But I think just the players executing has really been the biggest thing, and I think it's a tribute to them, you know, being being bought in and, and doing it the right way, as well as the coaches, you know, coach coaches uh, coaching their individual positions and getting the kids to do it the right way. And I mean, it's um, I don't know if there's anything you know specific that I'll just put my finger on, but you know, defining has just been the execution. They've done a really good job, you know, with uh, at least statistical categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always about the statistics, right. but the things that we focused on, which was getting turnovers and um, getting big plays and, and limiting big plays. Uh, it was it was uh, it was really really good for us this last year. And stopping the run. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Now, did there come a point where the guys were thinking the scheme less and more playing it as the season went along last year? Yeah, I think so. I think the last half we would have really loved to go back and play some of the games that we played earlier in the year um, would have been good. But you know, and that's that's how it always is. And the next year is hopefully a little bit better than it was at the beginning of the, the previous year. So uh, they definitely started to come on at the end of the year, and you start to see guys kind of figure it out. And um, you know, one of one of I probably say one of the hardest things um, was at the corner position. You know, playing a lot more man, but also at the D line position, play going from an odd front to an even front. Um, you know, you don't think I really didn't think it was that big of a deal. And I coached the even front when I was at Utah and at Oregon State. We did a little bit more of the odd. And our guys, you were coming off the odd. They're coming off the odd for 12 years. And so, um, you know, I had a chance to talk to Haloti Ngata, who plays in the NFL. And when he was with the Ravens, playing an odd front, went to the Lions, playing an even front. He, he mentioned to me how difficult it was for him. You know, and so it was uh, probably more validating than anything to just, as far as the patience and all that stuff that you've got to have with, mm-hmm. with guys changing schemes and doing different techniques. I mean, it's real difficult, especially at the line of scrimmage and for a corner or a D lineman that's playing a little bit more aggressive man or playing a different technique from from an odd to an even front. Okay, do, do you uh, feel like you have enough guys back to where you're kind of ahead of the game here uh, second time around? I, I think in most spots at the backer spot, definitely. I mean, all those guys come back. You got um, you know all the corners and and uh, most of the safeties coming back, mm-hmm. which is huge. I mean, guys like uh, you know Tanner Jacobson really took taking a step forward and looks completely different. I mean, it looks like a different guy. We can really, really push for a starting spot. Um, you know, obviously uh, getting Micah back is huge. Losing a freak athlete like like Kai is always hard, and you know you hope that the other guys come in, kind of have a story of their own, which which I think Tanner's starting to develop that of his own. You got Zane Anderson that's mm-hmm. that's looking really good, and so we've we've definitely got some spots in the, in the back end with the backers and the and uh, you know with the the corners um, at the D line. Losing the two two big tackles is really the hardest thing. Uh, Merrill Talioli comes back. But is off of ACL, and so we don't get him for the spring, and so it'll be real difficult to project exactly what he's going to do. But he was a starter when he got hurt, and so that that uh, that I think is the is the question mark right now. We've really loved the, the development of Kesney. I think Kesney Tausinga has been a different different player for us. And this spring, we're really excited about how consistent he's been. Uh, Tevita Moonga has come along a yeah, far a way. Yeah. yeah, he's come a long way. I mean, he's he's big, and so he's got to play big, and and he's starting to understand you know certain things about about playing the techniques that we're asking him to and he's starting to look like a different player he's a really really difficult kid to move and you know handsome battled injury all last year and so starting to see a lot of good things out of him but I think about Trajan Peely Trajan too Trajan yeah. you know played a little bit limited last year um, but is, is a di- he looks like a different kid I mean he, he looks like a 
like a legit DN now. And so he's strong. He's strong as an ox. Um, he's a kid that'll push for a starting spot. And we've got, I think we're deeper at the DN spot than we are at the D tackle spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Corbin coming back as well as Trajan. You're going to send a couple of guys hopefully out of the next level in Cy and, and Harvey as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, their, their numbers at the pro day was, I mean, Cy tested really, really yeah. well. Um, you know, Harvey didn't do anything but the 40, but for a, for a 252-pound kid running a 4.62, I believe it was, I mean, that's impressive. And he's got good hips and explosiveness. And, I mean, even Kai and Kai Nakua tested off the charts too. Really? So we're, we're excited about all those kids having an opportunity to go and show what they have at the next level. How much fun are you having uh, with the D-linemen more uh, hands-on day-to-day? Oh, it's it's been good. You know, it's it's been it's been fun. And St- Steve did did a really good job. I think there's a lot of question about just the move and all that stuff. But Steve did a great job. Um, I. I hovered too much over him last year, and um, you know, and he was he was he was really good about it because, you know, going from an odd front to an even front, he you know he had a lot of questions. He mm-hmm. he was really good about making sure that he was doing it the way that that we had done it or, or the way that we we wanted it to. And so, instead of ha- you know having me hover around, um, I wanted him to have an opportunity to learn a little bit and get Kalani involved. And so instead of bringing Kalani to be involved with the backers and me still hover over Steve, we just made that that transition so that he could learn something you know he was i pitched him the idea went and sat down in his living room and and he was awesome you know he was awesome about like he was last year he was awesome about moving over and being excited to learn something different and you know now that he's with the backers and he knows all that stuff he he comes back and he'll mention stuff to me about you know what he's learned or what he realizes or things that he sees and and talks about how he thinks it's actually making him a better d-line coach now as he starts to see how the whole puzzle fits and right and 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 so i think it's it's uh, been a positive for all of us all the way around. Well, speaking of the backers, if his if his top three guys stay healthy, he's got a special group there. I think they've got depth there, too. You know, I think they've got depth. Of, you know, obviously you got Fred, Butch, and Francis who have a lot of experience, but Morgan, Morgan Unga is a, is a different kid this spring. He's he's a, he's a kid that could potentially start as well. And so Morgan... He's gone from a safety to backer. and Safety to years, backer. Yeah. He's putting on weight. He's getting stronger. And so his confidence level has come up as far as being physical and all that. And so love him. Adam Pulsifer's done a really good job with his development. Isaiah Kalfusi is probably the next guy in. And so the next three backers will probably end up being those guys. So top two you feel really good about? The top two. The top two at at each position we feel pretty good about. And then even after that, there's some depth where we feel comfortable about. You get Will Sedgwick coming off his mission. There's a walk-on named Masia Moala that we're really excited about. You know, athletically, he probably tests just as well as all the other backers. And he's still kind of getting it because he moved from safety and all that. But, I mean, there's there's a lot of depth there. Okay. Uh, Coming into the summer, uh, who are some guys coming in that aren't here right now that you think might uh, make a run for a playing time, get into the rotation here uh, in, in 2017? You know, we, we uh, I think we certainly hope that uh, uh, D'Lo Gunter and Keenan Ellis can come in and, and uh, push right away immediately. I mean, they're the type of kids that, that have the, the athleticism and the speed, and especially at the, at the corner spot, if you can run and play a little bit man-to-man, it's not uh, as demanding physically on you, but um, you know, we can hope that those guys can come in and give us some depth at that position, but uh, Langi Tuifua is is just a is a is a, is a, he's a different player as well, and so he'd have an opportunity to come in and compete. Um, if the kid coming from 
Hunter, uh, Lorenzo Falatel, that will come in and give us depth at the inside spot immediately. Um, and it's always interesting to see, especially at the O-line, D-line spot, a high school kid that can come in and compete. Because the ones that come in and compete right away are normally special. Pretty I mean, they're special, usually yeah. special. And then the other ones that come and kind of just need a year to get a little bit bigger or get used to the tempo or the speed of everything. I mean, it's it's obviously college is so much faster and different. And, and every player that you play against is good. You know, it's not you don't get to dominate like you normally do in high school. But it'll be interesting to see those two at least come in and, and compete. How nice to have young, good corners uh, that'll be here for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the <laughs> you, you saw what we the the kind of the lumps that we took and, yeah. and what Chris took right mm-hmm. as a as a young corner. I mean, he's put in his time, and then now, I mean. After several practices in the spring, he looks like a guy that can compete for a starting job, and you know, so he'll push the other two, and he'll certainly get a lot of time. But it's uh, it's been good to get kids kind of take their lumps early and learn and get through it. And so we're excited to bring in the other two corners to to do the same thing too. And I mean, have those guys for for the next three mm-hmm. years, yeah. I and mean, that's huge. And then we start you start getting to the point now where you can bring in a kid and redshirt him and develop him, versus where we were with Chris last year, where he had to play for us. What do you hope to see from the scrimmage, and what do you hope the fans get to see? Uh, you know, on the defensive side, at least we just got to be sound technicians. You know, we got to we don't want to put everything out there that we're doing, and so we might change a little bit schematically, um, which sometimes in turn ends up giving up some points. But for us, uh, you know, as we talk to our kids, the biggest thing is the scheme is going to be on us as coaches if we end up giving up a lot of points. But the technique and all that it has to be on them, and so we're still expecting good, you know, good physical ball, holding the line of scrimmage, good, good sound play, tackling, and all that stuff. And so they're. Uh, I think they're excited to come in and, and actually do a little do a little bit in front of a big crowd. Yeah. And hopefully it was it was it'll be like what it was last year. We look forward to the day, Coach Tuiaki. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you. That's Elisha Tuiaki coming up next. You'll hear from BYU assistant head coach, safeties coach, and special teams coordinator, the third coordinator at Lamp. We're brought to you by Quick Quack. Don't drive dirty, Cougar fans. Wash all you want at Quick Quack Car Wash with the lowest unlimited car wash prices in Utah. More locations, more savings, more fun. For location info or special offers, visit DontDriveDirty.com or text GOCOUGS to 555-888. Stay with us as our coverage of BYU Spring Football 2017 continues on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom, come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. I rescued Toast from my shelter in 2011. I love Toast because she's a lazy diva. Toast does whatever she wants, obviously. She's sleeping right now. She's so loving. She's so comforting. When I walked into the shelter, I knew right then that she was special. Toast, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? Or an earthquake is destroying buildings? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. 
communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. BYU Spring Football scrimmage coverage coming up. Let's hear from the third coordinator, special teams coordinator, Ed Lamb, also the safeties coach and assistant head coach. He tells me where he sees this BYU team in year two of the Satake era. Last spring, last year at this time, really the, a big focus was on getting the systems in and teaching the guys fundamentally and schematically how we wanted to them to play. And and so that just um, that had to be a big priority, even though we you know we would have liked to have moved on from that more quickly. And in some sense, I think we were still in the fall teaching the guys, you know, culturally how we want to play the the playbook. You know, the playbook uh, I think was in uh, very early in fall camp and camp went a long way in spring practice last year. But but culturally, how we react to both good and bad as a coaching staff and how we want to model that for the team that was a big part of last year. This year. I think a lot of that foundation is set. We're not changing much um, offensively, defensively, special teams in the playbook. So a few new wrinkles here and there, but it's really about been about mastering that uh, scheme and not just uh, knowing it. And, and the small nuances, the small details of the position, the techniques of the position, that's been the real focus throughout the spring. And I think that culturally the players understand that they can have a good time around Koshitake. They can really enjoy what they're doing. We expect them to show up with a smile and a lot of energy, and we try to bring the statement as a coaching staff. There's not a dynamic here like that exists at some places where each of us as assistant coaches feel feel like that we're in competition with each other for coaches uh, at a boy or his favor. I think that we each feel valued for who we are and what we bring, and I'm not expected to bring the same things as Celeste Tuiaki to the table, and, and nobody's expected to bring the things that I bring to the table. And so we each, we each understand our roles. We each feel valued in our positions, and I think Kalani and the administration above him has helped to foster that. Now, the head coach kind of wears every hat, but after Kalani, you kind of wear the most hats relative to different responsibilities. Let's take a look, first of all, at special teams and how you feel about your group coming into the spring and fall of 2017. I've said before, our, the coverage um, culture here, there, there's just a culture of guys wanting to play football and special teams for BYU and so so I think BYU's always had really competent coverage teams they've always had guys that were willing to you know, sacrifice their own personal interest and run down on the kickoff and run down on the punt teams for not very much adoration from the fans or from the media and so I've I've tapped into that and I enjoy that that was it really most of my career here as a player was that I was a backup who was doing everything that I could to get on the field and we have those guys there are there are players at BYU and it's not like this everywhere they grow up from a young age 
considering that the opportunity to suit up for BYU would be, you know, make them the most privileged football player in the world. And so that's something we always have to remember and tap into that as, as uh, special teams coaches and really all of the coaches on our staff. But I, I especially benefit from that. We have a lot of our coverage players back. That makes up the core of the, the workload on special teams. And then we have our specialists back, the guys who actually do the punting and the kicking and the snapping and the holding. They're, they're all back. Right now, I feel like that, um, that Rhett Almond has really earned and proven that he has a consistency, uh, particularly on the PATs and the shorter field goals. He has a consistency that we aspire to, and he's earned the right to continue to take those. And he's obviously working to increase his range and takes that very seriously, works hard at it. Johnny Linehan has proven his ability as, as a punter and will continue to do that. Rhett's really proven himself as a backup and capable punter. Did a nice job the one time we called on him last year, created a, a turnover for us. And then, um, yeah, from from a snapping standpoint, you know, Matt Foley was nails all last year, very consistent, and and obviously we'll continue to give him that respect he's earned. How about long kicks and kickoffs? Um, yeah, and you know, I left those two guys out. I'm glad you brought that up because Corey Edwards did a terrific job. He handled the lion's share of those duties last year, but Andrew Mickelson, when when he was healthy, came in and did a great job placing those kickoffs. We ask a lot out of our kickoff guys in terms of placement. They they're really they don't get enough credit for the the coverage um, that was the the kickoff team had last year. They did a great job of placing the ball close to the sideline with a lot of depth and hang time and allowing the coverage guys to get down there. It's not an easy task. Skylar Southam comes back season after this, correct? Uh, what would be a reasonable expectation for him once he enters the program? You know, I think yeah, good word, reasonable. You know, we don't want to put uh, undue expectations on a young guy, but he has all the tools. He has all the ability. He can come in and compete for every one of our kicking spots, our place kicking spots, and, our, and really our punter spot. He has that ability as well. So Special player? Very special player, yeah. Special recruit, special attitude. Has worked really hard. Comes in probably with, with more accolades than, than the current specialists we have. And then he'll have, he'll have work to do to catch up. You know, there's a big difference between high school football and college football, but we have high expectations, and we'll bring him along at the speed that he shows he's capable. Do you feel that your group or your talent pool in the return game will uh, meet your expectations? I do. Yeah, we, we've actually worked a little harder than most years this spring on um, on the return game, the kickoff return game. I felt like it was an area last year that we needed more consistency to be more dynamic, more consistently. Looking back on it in my in my self study through um, through last season, we had some really key kickoff returns that led to big moments and, and late comebacks and things like that. But I think we missed some opportunities too. Anytime you have as many close losses as we do, I think it's incumbent upon every one of our coaches and players to take a look at what they can do better. Mm-hmm. I've identified that in particular as an area that we need to do better. And uh, so we've worked really hard at it this spring. I like the results so far, both with those working as blockers and guys in the return game. Any names you're comfortable in throwing out as return candidates for this year? Sure. I really like the speed um, that uh, Jonah Treneman brings. There's a workman-like um, capacity for K.J. Hall, who I think could be a really good off-returner for us. I love what Matt Hadley did all, all last year. I thought maybe we should have, in high Inside, I think I think maybe we should have moved him over to the side of the the anticipated direction of the kick. He often was our off returner, did a good job at that. But when called upon, he had a nice average and uh, and sprung a couple nice returns for us. All right, switching over to your safety group now, another area of responsibility. Uh, you lose one of the premier playmakers in BYU football history, really, as a safety in Kainakua, but you're by no means empty-handed. 
That's right. Yeah, we, we, you know, you and I have talked about before. I don't know how much impact I had on on Kai's ability to make plays and have a, a sense for the game. I think he came with so much of that. Just being a high school quarterback, we have um, in terms of height, weight, and speed, and um, and courageousness for, from the contact um, standpoint of the game. We've got a whole slew of guys that I feel really confident in at the safety position. It looks like you know coming through spring. Obviously, we have Micah Hanneman who's played a lot of snaps. Tanner Jacobs had played a lot of snaps last year, and Zane Anderson played some. And uh, Zane's come on really strong in the spring. So I think I think those three guys are, there's probably a line beneath them in terms of game experience and guys that I'm most confident in. But there is not. I've got ten guys in my safety room right now when we have our safety meetings and there's not one guy that I don't feel like couldn't go in and give us a winning effort. The, will the summer bring anybody else into your group that uh, c- can make a press for playing time right away? Well, yeah, our, our uh, one recruit at the position really, Chaz Ayu, is is uh, because his father works here, you know, he has a, a little closer relationship and can get away with a few um, things that NCAA-wise would be illegal. And so he's around and, and actually um, observing practice and things like that and hanging around with his dad so um yeah he i think he may come in as a freshman a little more not just not just physically ready as a highly recruited freshman but also mentally ready i think he understands what we're trying to accomplish i think he understands the culture of how practice works and a lot of the things that might hold back a true freshman he he may be able to overcome so he will he will lock into a safety spot you think as a as a collegian i think so yeah especially early he's got a big frame he's got a lot of speed there's certainly a lot of different things he can do i i, I compare him physically Basically, he and and Troy um, Warner are very very civic, uh, very similar height, weight, and speed. And so, you know, Troy's landed at corner right now. We don't know if that's his long term best position. We, we've had I've had some conversation with Troy about safety and maybe even looking long term down the road at his best potential in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, his his height, weight, speed, feel for the game maybe maybe best suited for safety. Right now, he's he's our best corner and the guy that we need out at corner. And and things may change, and he's open to the idea. Idea and, and wants to take this game as far as he can take it. Numerically, statistically, uh, what did you like most about the defensive performance in 2016? Uh, good, good question. Yeah, um, from a statistical standpoint, I think we held um, held opponents out of the scoring zone and held them to field goal opportunities, a high percentage in the scoring zone, and then just just held them out of the end zone period. And uh, turnovers were a big part of that. So, in the end, our, our scoring defense was, I, I think, probably one of the higher rated statistical categories that we had but there's a lot that goes into that and, and you know we were also highly rated in turnover takeaways we call them on defense here takeaways and red zone um, scoring defense those things lead directly to scoring defense and keep our team in the game and the rush yards per carry was, was a good number you'd certainly uh, take again yeah it, it is and we're and that's that's how we're set on defense I mean we're, we're dedicating a lot of guys you know the, you look at um, if, as we looked back and studied ourselves this offseason it, it it was what we anticipated. Most of our big plays came as a result of our aggressiveness to put more bodies around the football. And so we're going to have, we're going to have to have corners that are mentally tough and can deal with getting beat from time to time. We put a lot of pressure on those guys on the corners and safeties, and, and we're dedicated to stopping the run philosophically. And we've talked about 
special teams and safeties. Your third hat that you wear is that of assistant head coach. And that's more of an overseer or an overarching role. How would you describe it to somebody in working alongside Kalani in that particular position? It's 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 really moved. You know, in our first few weeks on the job, it was about, uh, you know, Kalani and I were, were talking a lot about staffing and how to put together with staffing, how to interact with administration and faculty on campus and, and support staff and things like that. And, and then it was moving on into, well, how often should we lift and how often should we meet and, and what should our schedule look like daily for the players and what type of schedule should we aspire to and, and you know, ask Tom Homo to uh, to try to get our season schedule going. And really it's it's moved away from a lot of those those conversations. I think right now, um, a little bit embarrassed to say I find myself as kind of the older guy in the room, at least it, it, with some experience from an experience standpoint. I have experience at some different places where some of the guys will look to me and say, well, what, what do you think about this or that? And I'm trying to be a model for how we interact in the staff room. I've been on a football staff that was fired for not winning enough games. I know how serious this is, and, and it's it's no harm, no foul when we're in the, the protected environment of our staff room. If a wide receivers coach sees something that the corners are doing that he has a question about or sees a young corner that's not getting playing time that should get more, you know, he, he needs to be able to speak up, but we have to have the tools to do that. And so I, I try as much as possible to try to model that that type of communication that we have honest open communication to where we can all talk about um, different positions different players on the team as the special teams coordinator can i can also kind of um, I, I can speak to every player on the team. Every player on the team is one of my guys, and we use everybody on the special teams, with really the exception of the starting quarterback, maybe. Right. And so, you know, so hopefully, hopefully, I can I can just kind of continue to model that. Hey, here's how we look at a whole roster from a uh, a, a team standpoint, from a general manager type standpoint, mm-hmm. and and try to get the best guys on the field. How content are you now that you're here for a year plus uh, back at BYU? Well, I love I love this job. It's you know the the jobs are always about the players and and the the game itself and the coaches that we're working with. And really, I've found that everywhere I've been, I've really enjoyed every place that I've been. BYU, very honestly, has a special place in in my heart because um, this is my third time through this place, and each time I've been at a different stage in life, different level of maturity, different level of enjoyment for the things that I'm doing and how I'm doing them. And uh, I can say that I really enjoy coming to work every day. And finally, what do you hope to get out of this uh, spring practice scrimmage experience uh, for the fans? Oh, good. yeah, yeah. You put the at the end there that little tag for the fans. Yeah, um, yeah we we want to have you know defensively, we are not interested in at all in uh, in in confusing our offense. We don't want in any way as coaches to look at it and say, oh look, we dialed up a good uh, blitz or pressure or line slant here um, that confused the offense. We really and offensively plays are part of it. You know, plays are part of the offense. You just can't go out there and run the same play over and over and over but on defense we can run the same play over and over and over really allow our playmakers on offense to have an opportunity to attack and our guys on defense have the chance to run and tackle and that's all we want to see as defensive coaches so so back to your question for the fans i hope we have a really explosive offensive product i hope we have guys on defense flying around and making great physical safe tackles within the rules of the game and that i hope on special teams we we kind of get it'll be our first chance to get into the flow what we anticipate doing is having a kickoff against the kickoff return and wherever that ends 
we start the drive. And so if the defensive we have defensive guys on kickoff and we have offensive guys on kickoff return. And if we can get a great return, the offense will start with better field position. And if we can pin them deep, well, the defense will start with great field position. And we haven't had that yet where, you know, as we finish an offensive drive, the punt team comes out uh, when applicable or the PAT and the mm-hmm. field goal team. I'm really looking forward to that kind of in-game dynamic of communication. Well, Ed, always good to speak with you. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Yep, Thanks to you, Greg. That's Ed Lamb. We're going to wrap our first hour coming up next on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Jeff, come on in. What's going on? I just came by to see your new house. Wait, is that a water slide? Yeah, we saved so much money using Homie when we bought this place. We each got to choose something special we wanted to buy. Janet got a piano staircase. Well, Ken got rocket skates. Whoa, what did you get? I got the most glorious thing of all. My backyard is now a ninja training course made entirely of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. What will you do with the money you save? Learn more at homie.com. Greg Rubel here with the keys to success. Step one, never panic. Step two, call my friends at Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. I've experienced the Zero Res difference. Clean, friendly technicians, the fastest dry times in the industry, and a no-residue cleaning that leaves my carpets cleaner longer. Do what I do and choose the winning team. Choose Zero Res. Two ways to save. Text Greg to 53535 for a special offer or call 801-288-ZERO. A proud sponsor of BYU football and basketball. Zero Res. It's the right way to clean. Last time on College Sports Now. Seth Greenberg stopping by, of course, former Hokies head coach. You see him on ESPN. Roy Williams has won almost 80% of his games. Did you win 80% of your games with Seth? If I won 80% of my games, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. You'd be counting your money. (laughs) I'd be counting Benjamins. (laughs) Listen to College Sports Now, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time, Monday through Friday, exclusively on TuneIn.com and the TuneIn mobile app. And follow along on Twitter at CSNowTweets. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Wash all you want at Quick Quack Car Wash with the lowest unlimited car wash prices in Utah. More locations, more savings, and more fun. For location info or special offers, visit DontDriveDirty.com or text GoCougs to 555-888. Hour number two of BYU Spring Football 2017 coming up after our top of the hour break on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Right, so back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Greg Grubel, Mark Lyons in the booth for BYU Spring Football 2017, practice and scrimmage coverage. Mark, our listeners in that first hour heard from you, and they heard from the three coordinators, uh, Ed Lamb at the end, Elisa Tuiaki before him, Ty Detmer before him. What's your reaction to all of their assessments of this BYU yeah. program here in the second season under Kalani Satake? Well, I like the things that they were saying. I felt that was all sincere and true. You know, I think that they were being pretty upfront, and there was no uh, coach speak, and uh, 
this guy, that guy. But uh, So I like from Ty Detmer, he said that last year he felt like they had real good third down success. But they had too many third downs. And I thought that was uh, quite accurate. You know, there were too many times chip away, chip away. But when you get to use all three downs, this isn't Canadian football. You get to use all three of them. And so you can go and do that. Uh, I liked that he said all the quarterbacks need to improve their consistency. I guess that would be a common thing forever. But, uh, yeah, I think that's also important that uh, Tanner Mangum, he's got this work attitude that is just terrific. And he's, he's like he said, he's in the film room all the time. He's always encouraging other players on the field, and uh, he works hard. So uh, I think all of that stuff. And, and then he mentioned also they're looking for a backup quarterback that can play and be somebody good. And so he's got some people there. Uh, offensive line seems to be improving, and I think he feels pretty comfortable about it. That's what I like from Ty Detmer. What about Elisha Tuiaki? Well, he also brought up the fact that uh, they were working on execution, and he was improving fundamentals. He said uh, uh, they had, they really want to limit the big plays next year, but they want to make big plays. And, you know, they lose Kainakua. You mentioned that in your interview, that uh, Kainakua is the big play guy, and uh, they, they've got to have somebody that's going to step up. They're going to play a lot more man-to-man coverage. They're going to they have a hard time changing that front to a four-man front from three, still working on that. And uh, I like that he said that Tanner Jacobson, he mentioned a few names. Tanner Jacobson has really stepped up. We've always been curious how the kid could have started uh, four games at Texas A&M and, uh, or was it Texas Tech? Texas A&M. Texas A&M, yeah. And, no, and Texas Tech. Texas Tech, J- yeah. Jacobson, Texas Tech guy. And so uh, now uh, he's out there and he's saying he's a guy that, that could be a player. And uh, he mentioned those young cornerbacks, uh, Troy Warner, Chris Wilcox, Diane Gawoluku. Formerly known as the uh, artist uh, as Diane Lake. Lake. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and Gunuluku. How close? Gunuluku. Gunuluku. Gawoluku. Gawoluku. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take me three or four. Mike Shelton, uh, those are all young, good players that they have at cornerback. And Troy Warner, I just to overlap a little bit, I was kind of chuckling to myself where Ed Lamb saying, you know, I think maybe that Troy Warner kid should come over and play a little safety. <laughs> Someplace that I coach. <laughs> that gives us a little bit of strength. I tell you, I love Butch Pau. I love Fred Warner. Those two guys are really soft. They're they're why you want to come and watch a football game. Uh, so, and he also mentioned that they have a lot of depth in the the linebacker spots. So, sound technicians execute the scheme. That's what he was saying. Sound technicians execute the scheme. And uh, then he's uh, in the special teams talking with Ed Lamb. Uh, I uh, was impressed to hear that uh, he still likes uh, Red Almond. He's very consistent on extra points and short field goals and working on that range. And that's an area that we think is important. And uh, it might be next year. We mentioned Skylar South until the really big lake comes in. But in the meantime, it'll be Andrew Mickelson and Corey Edwards competing for the longer kicks and kickoffs. All right. So we are live what? at the Bell Edwards Stadium, Mark. And one what? more thing. I just wanted to mention one more thing about uh, Coach Lamb. He said, you can hang around Coach Sataki, but when you come to practice, have fun and play hard. And that's the attitude that he feels that these guys come to practice every day. They're going to have fun. 
and they're going to work hard. And, and I think that is really an important key for them to be able to have success. We are live here in Provo. The uh, players and coaches are on the field wrapping up pre-practice warm-ups. Greg Rubel, Mark, up top here in the booth. And let's bring in for the first time today our sideline and on-field reporter, Nate Mickle. Nate, what's it like down there today? Guys, it's amazing. It's amazing to be back. That's what it's like. I'm expecting, uh, I don't know, 8,000, 10,000 people in the stands today. You, you know, you don't have to come here today because it's on the radio. So I'm sure lots of people would just rather listen to us than come out here. It's a little bit wet. There was a game, uh, what was that game in San Diego when it just rained and rained and rained? <laughs> when was that? When, when was that? It didn't I, seem too long ago. Yeah, I don't think it'll be like that today, but it's going to be a little bit wet. Man, it's good to be back in the stadium watching football. Can't wait to see Tanner Mangum throw it around. Team's got some great linebackers. Really want to see who's Tanner going to be throwing to today. And I keep predicting that these tight ends, and, and I know others are as well, namely tight Etmer, <laughs> the tight ends are going to be a big part of this offense. And in the next coming years, you know, the next couple of years, I think uh, we're all going to be pleasantly, maybe not surprised, but pleased with the play of the tight ends. There's only four of them on the field to watch today, and they'll all be playing and uh, catching those balls from the multiplicity of quarterbacks. Nate Sampson, Joe Tukawapu, Matt Bushman, and Maroni Laulupututel. That's Nate Mickle. Thanks. We'll get back with Nate. More commentary and interviews from field level coming up. Coming up next, it's the head coach, Kalani Sitake, as our coverage of BYU football, spring football 2017 continues on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Jeff, come on in. What's going on? I just came by to see your new house. Wait, is that a water slide? Yeah, we saved so much money using Homie when we bought this place. We each got to choose something special we wanted to buy. Janet got a piano staircase. Will Ken got rocket skates. Whoa, what did you get? I got the most glorious thing of all. My backyard is now a ninja training course made entirely of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. What will you do with the money you save? Learn more at homie.com. For over 100 years, the skilled electricians of IBEW Local 354 have helped Salt Lake City and the state of Utah grow and prosper. Our state-of-the-art apprenticeship program prepares our members for safe, quality electrical construction. Ask for IBEW electricians and get the job done right. The first time, on time, on budget, every time. The time is now to hire IBEW electricians. Things in Orem and Provo are always changing. Construction is expanding, businesses are coming to town, and BYU has a new coach. Whatever changes happen in our community, one thing will always stay constant. The support we at Ken Garf, Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen will always show toward BYU and the Cougar community. Come visit us on University Parkway in Orem. Ken Garf, we hear Cougs. Greg Rubel here with the keys to success. Step one, never panic. Step two, call my friends at Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. I've experienced the Zero Res difference. Clean, friendly technicians, the fastest dry times in the industry, and a no-residue cleaning that leaves my carpets cleaner longer. Do what I do and choose the winning team. Choose Zero Res. Two ways to save. Text Greg to 53535 for a special offer or call 801-288-ZERO. A proud sponsor of BYU football and basketball. Zero Res. It's the right way to clean. All 
Heights, back here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium for spring football coverage 2017. In our first hour of coverage, our listeners heard from Kalani Satake's three coordinators to kick off hour number two. Let's now hear from the head man who tells me that as the Cougars prepare to wrap up spring ball, most of his expectations have been met. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, our goal is to get better with our technique and fundamentals, and um, I think our defense was further ahead. They did a little bit more scheme-wise that um, that we've worked on compared to last year, and our offense um, installed a lot more because uh, last year was all brand new. You know, so um, if you're comparing both years, this year we're way, way further ahead uh, for obvious reasons. But um, I like the way our guys are playing. I like the way that they're they're. Um, coming together as a team and as a unit on as a whether it's on offense or defense and uh, I think I think uh, the um, being familiar with everything and having good foundations already in place was as a the, the key um, component to all of that but uh, the coaches have done a great job prepping their guys and then um, again we're not in game shape right now where we're still in the process of getting bigger and stronger and, and um, trying to get faster as well so we're uh, Spring has kind of interrupted our off-season conditioning, you know. So, uh, but we're taking advantage of it, and uh, we understand our guys aren't game ready yet as far as their conditioning, but they will be by the time we get to August. Do you see a bigger, stronger team where you want the guys to be bigger and stronger? Definitely. I mean, if you look at their bodies, they've. All, I mean, it's pretty noticeable already in, in their bodies, but uh, the numbers show, and our weight goals and our charts have shown that uh, our guys have uh, reduced uh, fat and gained, gained a lot of muscle. And so um, that that's going to be important for us in winning games. And um, you know, I, I give a lot of the credit to New Tafisi and his staff because the, the, we needed them to to take the initiative and take the take control of this team, and they've done that. And um, you know, all together, I think it all worked out perfectly so far. First thing you talked about was defensive scheme, but in the spring scrimmage situation, you don't necessarily want to be throwing a lot out there in terms of defensive scheme. You want to see some solid base stuff and hopefully have the offense move the ball. Well, yeah, and I think that we also, although we do a lot of different things with scheme, and I think Coach Tuyaki does a great job and with Coach Lamb and Coach Guilford and Coach Confuci at, at uh, finding right ways to scout an opponent, and they, they usually call the right play. But um, there's going to be times that we need a good base defense and that we just need to win with the four-man rush, mm-hmm. and we need to win with um, with uh, the seven in coverage, and also need to stop the run game with a base coverage and base base defense. And so, we're looking forward to doing that today, and also, um, you know, focusing a little bit more on on who's going to get better because sometimes the scheme wins the play for you. And uh, I'd like to see if the guys are going against the same people, and to, uh, whether they're going on, on, on offense, and then also uh, we can compare how they're playing and then maybe develop a depth chart from it. What is always the fine line in any spring live situation between getting guys reps and keeping guys healthy? Well, last year I think we really wanted to get guys reps and we really needed to evaluate everybody because we really didn't know much about our guys. And so we had to put them in a lot of game-type situations and and um, coach them up in our scheme that we know and our coaches know. And so, uh, we, it was more we, of a game format last year. Yeah, too, and, and even our scrimmages were more physical. We were more uh, we tackled a lot more early on and um, the main reason is because we wanted to see how they were doing it with our scheme and our mm-hmm. technique and um, also, you know, 
know, just wanted to see how our O-line, D-line developing with their technique. And so this year it's a little bit different because we're really familiar with these guys. We know what T. John Coroma's made out of. We, I mean, even though we, he does a lot of game film from before, we know that he can do what we were asking him to do with our new offense in. And uh, that, But that goes for everybody on the team on offense and defense. And so I think there's some guys that have already proven that we already know what they're about, but there's other guys that haven't, and, and uh, they need the opportunity um, with the offseason that, that they had. Uh, some guys that redshirted and some guys that are new that uh, we, we need to see that, and that's going to happen That's going to happen in this practice where we're going to have some live work, but also next week as we start working through it, maybe we'll get some guys that uh, challenge some of the younger guys and um, guys that we don't know much about, see how they can perform. Whether it's a Tanner or T. John or, say, Fred or a guy like Micah, how much should fans expect to see some of the mainline guys play or go live in 11-on-11 11 11 today? Um, I don't know how many of those guys will go live, but, but we still have to practice. And so um, whether they're live or not, they're going to be in the practice. and they're going Because I don't like taking people out. Because we did that a little bit last year with guys that were already proven, but um, Jamal didn't play. you know. And um, I think that this is an opportunity for them to get better. And so whether we're practicing and tagging or whatever it is, what we're doing, uh, we need to utilize all the practice time. And, and those guys, even though they may not get tackled, they still need to go through the work. I think there's a way we can have both the best of both worlds. What we're going to see is basically what you might see on a typical practice day, which always features live 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 elements, right? Yep, yep. And that, that, that for us, also having Tanner, is never going to be touched. He shouldn't get touched. The quarterbacks won't be touched. But it's good for him to see and, and help, help run the offense when they're getting tackled, you know, when the defense is coming a lot harder and, and closing the pocket in the, in the past game. And um, he was able to make some adjustments and make some audible. So I think it's going to be overall. It's going to be a better day for us. And I think we'll improve more as a team. Spring's always a time when you're having some guys recover from from surgeries or, or, or injury rehab. Some guys are just naturally out during this time. Are you fully confident that once August hits, you're going to have the team you want on the field? I believe so, and I think some of the guys that we've added. I mean, knock on wood, we have we have guys that um, you know we we can't foretell the future in the next little bit and the the upcoming months. But we train really hard and and uh, we. Hit hit the weight room really hard and uh, sometimes injuries occur in the weight room and in our conditioning but um, it's it's uh, I think I trust our, our, our strength coaches and I think that um, they'll push them but not to the point where, um, where we should lose anyone but uh, we also can't be completely overly cautious and not get better so it's a fine line and I got the best guys that can do it and can handle that that, that line and uh, but we, we need to push it a little bit more to get to, to see results too bad to hear about the Jacob Jimenez yeah, and that was uh, unfortunate because it was just on a non-contact play. I mean, it, he was he was running down to celebrate, and um, yeah, just uh, it's another thing if if you're in contact and something happens, you slip or fall or whatever. But uh, this is just one of those that I mean, he didn't do anything too crazy either. He's just running down and popped, and um, but you know, he's luckily he's got a redshirt year, so I think um, I think that could help benefit us, even though it's a tragic thing that happened to him right now. Is there a positive thing or two that you really kind of highlight from this year's spring, something that stands out to you? Um, this is a really close team, and uh, I think it helps having all the coaches return and everybody in our support staff be here to help support them. But um, this team, is, they're about each other, you know, and uh, they're doing a lot of service work and, and charity work out there in the community. And I think that um, the more they focus on others, the, the better we will become as a team, and the unit is becoming closer, and I think that's going to help us win some games. How was the camping trip in St. George? 
Um, I'm not much of a camper, but I love hanging out with the guys. And so uh, it was a really good bonding moment for our team and um, for our coaches and our players, too. So, I mean, a lot of times our players don't get to see our coaches and that type of element. And so it was just nice to just get out there for a couple of days and um, hang out and do some stuff that has nothing to do with football, you know, and um, just get to get to know everyone. And I, th- I think that uh, that was a really good experience for our team. And I think the coaches got just as much, out, as much out of it as the players did. How excited are you for the 2017 season, your second year as head coach? I'm fired up. I mean, this program and this team is ready to win for our fans. That's what we're looking forward to. And, um, you know, I, I think our fans deserve uh, the best that we can give, and, and our players are looking forward to performing. Do you take a look at the schedule uh, occasionally, just uh, every once in a while, see what you got lined up and how it looks? Of course. That's why they announce the schedule ahead of time. I mean, if the coaches say week to week and we get that, but you, you see the full schedule, and it'd be crazy for me to say no. But but I, we know Portland State's first, but we also know what the other twelve are and when they fall. And I think it's okay to be mindful of all that stuff. I mean, we 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 as people don't just live day to day. You look in the future and you you plan for the future. So for us, we are definitely planning for the season, and we know it's coming around the corner. And we're going to take advantage of everything we can this spring, and we're going to always do things differently. And and uh, depending on what we do year to year. So next year may be a different, completely different spring experience. You know, last year we played more of a game. This year is more of a practice with some live stuff. And next year it could go back to a game. Or I mean, I think we have to be flexible in how we perform and how we organize things. Uh, otherwise, you, you, if you do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, and that's the that's whole definition, definition of insanity. So for us, we're going to try to do things um, uh, with a level mind and no that we need to improve in things and just make sure that we are creative enough to, to uh, uh, be flexible and find ways to get better as a team and as a unit. Either way, it's fans in the stands at Lovell Edwards Stadium, and you can't beat that. And we got the best fans around, so we're looking really forward to entertaining them. Coach Sitake, thank you for the time. Thank you, Greg. All right, that is head coach Kalami Sitake. We are live at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU Spring Football 2017. Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons in our broadcast booth. Nate Mickle down on the field where it's a light rain for the fans here in the stands. And the Cougars now in their individual group drills. Roots on air uh, are also being run. Uh, quarterbacks throwing to receivers uh, without defense. And uh, the offensive line is working out uh, in the end zone right now. We're going to head down to the uh, end zone in a moment. And In fact, right now, I think uh, check in with uh, Nate Mickle, who's got offensive line coach, Mike Empey. Nate. Yeah, down here with Coach Empey. Coach, great to be back here in the stadium again. Uh, this is your second go-around, of course. In year two, what do you see, what do you expect to be the biggest jump that this offensive line is going to make now in your second year? Well, the, our system is already in, so we have a lot of carryover from before, and, and some of these guys have starting experience in our system, so I feel like that just gives us a little bit of a head start over last year, but we're playing a lot of young guys right now in spring, getting a lot of guys reps, so um, we're always going to have you know young guys that are catching up to us a little bit, um, but this year we have the benefit of having some good senior leadership and some, some guys that have been in it for a year. Right, so yeah, you've got the core coming back, you know, center and guard, and even a tackle with Shof. Are there one or two guys right now that you're thinking, uh, these guys, you know, they didn't play last year. Maybe the fans don't know them, but they're going to be contributors 2017. 
Yeah, I mean, we had four guys come home from missions last year in red shirt, and those guys are working in in our two deep, and and uh, we do have some some experience. So we've got a lot of young guys that will step up, and people will get to know them as we go. But I think Kiefer Longson is we're looking real good at our right tackle, and so he's getting some time, and and um, you know we'll kind of see where we are with health and where everybody is as we get going. But I expect to have probably three red shirt freshmen in my two deep someplace. All right, great. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate your time. All right, that's Mike Empey with uh, Nate Mickle. And, uh, Mark, we just finished hearing from Kalani Satake before Coach Empey, and we spent a lot of time with Kalani here over the last uh, year and a bit. Uh, and and it, it just seems like, like the head coaching role just really suits and fits him really well, doesn't it? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? But, you know, uh, there are so many coaches that don't care very much about what the fans think. I mean, they, they're pretty obvious about it. There are so many coaches who don't like to do the interviews with the press. There are so many coaches who don't. They just want to be part of the coaching staff and team. And Kalani loves it all. Kalani steps up and talks to the fans. That Halloween thing last year was unbelievable. He talks to the press. He's open and Oh man, it's you're exactly right, Greg. Uh, head coach is a perfect position for him. He handles it so well on all sides of it. He pushes the players, and yet he's very open to talk to the press. All right, down on the field, they've gone from a period four into period five. Now the periods, as we talk about them, are five minute segments. And in the first four periods, we've seen individual work done and some roots on air. Again, passes and catches, uh, but no defense really being applied. They're now going to move into a one on one segment, and that will be a one-on-one with the wide receivers on corners, tight ends against linebackers. That will all be happening, and soon we'll have some uh, six-on-seven close to live action, followed by 11-on-11, so we'll get some plays to call coming up here in a little bit. Now, in the one-on-one drills that you're looking at, BYU wants to play more man-to-man pass defense, and they want to play more. They want to do a better job with their offense against man-to-man coverage. That's been so much trouble for them. So this is really a big drill for BYU's progress in being able to play man-to-man and throw against man-to-man. BYU Spring Football brought to you by the Ken Garp Nissan Honda and Volkswagen dealerships on University Parkway where they love the sounds of Cougar wins and the voices of satisfied customers. We're taking a break back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to a pop concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. Or B, just roll with it. Justin! OMG! I love you, Justin! I love you! You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Oh, hi. Right now, I'm getting a remarkably heartfelt bear hug from Smokey Bear. Thanks, big guy. Now, if you could let me down. 
see, I made sure there were no low-hanging branches when I set up my campfire. And before we left, I drowned out my campfire, stirred it, drowned it out again, then made sure it was cold. <laughs> Visit SmokeyBear.com to learn tips to prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. BYU Spring Football 2017, brought to you in part by Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. We're at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a cool, somewhat soggy Saturday for Spring Football 2017, the end-of-camp scrimmage and practice. And really, there's another week still to go, but uh, this is kind of what concludes it as far as the fans are concerned. Down on the field, one-on-ones happening right now. Wide receivers against cornerbacks, tight ends against linebackers, safeties against inside receivers. And the second to go, Saw a nice uh, catch turned in by Ricky Shumway on a one-on-one working on Isaiah Armstrong down the near sideline. Ricky Shumway is a guy that is kind of a legend mark for a practice catch he made. (laughs) A throw from Tanner Mangum where he's running downfield and and literally looks inside for the ball. The ball is thrown to his outside. He throws his arms to the outside and it lands right in his mitts and he takes it in. And that's kind of gained Ricky Shumway some notoriety. (laughs) But we're looking at one-on-ones right now and uh, particularly looking at the outside receivers working on cornerbacks on our near side. But all around the field, Mark, we see right now the white jersey offense, the royal blue jersey defense working on these uh, individual one-on-one challenges. Right. And, and his brother, Talon Chumway. Oh, wait. Are they brothers? No. They're, his relative, uh, Talon Chumway, has been getting a lot of attention this year also. Uh, he's a guy that uh, was at Lone Peak and part of that basketball team. But uh, he is, anticipates having a big season this year. Tanner Mangum throwing it down and in as we speak to Ricky Shumway. Tanner Mangum, Ty, uh, Coy Detmer Jr., and uh, Cody Wilstead are quarterbacks working on the north side of the field. And you see Jeremiah Evans and Bo Hodge working on the south side of the field. They're showing the shorter stuff, the underneath stuff, working with tight ends and running backs, whereas Mangum and the other two are working with uh, primarily wide receivers on the outside and inside. So one-on-ones right now. So we see that happening in the bulk of the middle of the field. The O-line and D-line are getting out after it in the uh, south end zone, and they've now switched periods from uh, period four and now period five into period six. We'll be seeing some skelly now, which has got a six-on-seven, more of a football look without an O-line and a D-line involved, and I think before too long, we'll be heading back down the field level and chatting with uh, Nate Mickle. Nate, by the way, update us on the uh, field conditions, as uh, it did look like it was uh, raining somewhat steadily a short time ago. How is it down there? Yeah, the rain continues to trickle down, and, and as I say that, Coach Steve Clark comes to me now. Coach Clark coaching the tight ends. Coach, can you give us a sense for what you're expecting from the tight ends this year? Well, uh, we, we they're young. We're expecting a little bit more in the past game with Moroni because he, he did it some last year. Um, and, uh, you know, we had about 
80 targets last year in spring. There are 40 targets last year in spring. Uh, we've had 80 this year, so we're, we're expecting a little bit more in the past game. Now, uh, two of the guys that I've got my eye on, you mentioned them, uh, one of them, Moroni, and two, Matt Bushman. Could you describe their progress? Uh, so Moroni's great in the pass game. I mean, we don't have to hardly coach him at all. He's so good at it. He needs to work on the run game um, because he has never done it. Matt's just right off a of mission, so he's a little bit raw right now, but um, uh, he, he's come along really well. He's a more prototypical of what we're looking for, long, lean, fast, good hands. Um, we got to put some, put some weight on him, though. All right, thanks, Coach, and uh, happy to hear about the 80 targets, making progress. Yeah, so am I. Can you get the rain to stop? <laughs> that's, that's next on my list. You got it. Thank you, Coach Clark and Nate Mickle. As we come back in, we're seeing some skelly. We're seeing the BYU offense against the BYU defense, white on the offense, royal blue on the D. No O-line, no D-line, but Tanner Mangum is the quarterback. He has a split backfield, a tight end, and a couple of wide receivers. Tanner makes his back pedal, throws far flat to Braden Albakri. We like oh, the yeah. way Braden played last season out of that fullback spot. Absolutely, and uh, he's a big kid boy he's a great lead blocker but he catches the ball well you know he's six foot 236 in that fullback spot he catches the ball quite well and BYU likes to slip that fullback out against uh, linebackers and so uh, he's going to be a good target in that situation all right so it's BYU playing uh, six on seven Skelly right now as we're going to look at 10 minutes of this portion of today's scrimmage Tanner Mangum throwing down the middle and it's a completion and a big long gainer to Joe Tukuwafu. Joe Tukuwafu would have took it uh, would have took it in for six, but it was a nice tight end reception down the seam, and Tukuwafu made the nice catch in this wet weather. A big gainer by a big guy. The old man. <laughs> Joe Tukuwafu, 6'4", 280. Yeah. So, uh, but he loped quite well. They put Bo Hodge now at quarterback. Again, this is a skelly portion of practice, and the uh, offense is moving it right to left as we see it and you hear it. Bohaj settling in the pocket, dumping it underneath. Completion made there to Ula Tolutau. Ula, 6'1", let's call him 265, the freshman, <laughs> former Wisconsin commit, off his mission, and I think BYU looks for this big kid to do big things in his first year. Yeah, he's an East High School running back. Uh, boy, he's a solid player. They're, they are excited, but they've got to get some weight off him to help his speed. In this 7-on-7, seven seven, now is when the defense plays uh, quite a bit of zone defense, and so they saw all man-to-man and one-on-one. Now they see some zone coverage. Bo Hodge in his back pedal, settling after a five-step, and underneath he goes, finds another running back, makes the catch, and that is tagged dead or whistled dead as soon as Kavika Fonua made the catch. So you're saying, what's Kavika Fonua doing catching? I thought he was a, a linebacker after being a safety, and yes, Kavika Fonua, who, by the way, at last night's uh, BYU Football Team Awards Banquet was given the Unsung Hero Award for last year. Kavika's gone from safety to linebacker, will now be part of that running back group in uh, 2017, so Kavika can do it all, and is really one of those team first guys wherever you want me coach that's where I'll go and did get that unsung hero award last night along with the coverage man of the year award he was a great tackler on special teams all right Coy Detmer Jr. now getting a look at Skelly and throwing complete on the far sideline to Grant Jones Grant Jones another guy switching sides of the ball he was a a tall safety at 6'6 and now he finds himself as a wide receiver number 37 Grant Jones by the way speaking of numbers number change for Jonah Trineman you'll now see him in number three this year I think he was 84 last year. Aleva Hifa was 88, will now be 15. Aleva's not taking part in spring. And Squally Canada is going to wear 23, at least he is today. I don't know if that's a permanent change. 22 in season and 23 today, we think. Coy Detmer Jr.
Jr. is a quarterback in this Skelly portion. Takes a seven-step drop, wings it on the down and in, and completion made to Ricky Shumway again. And again, they're not really moving the ball more than a, about two or three yards down the field on each snap, even though longer completions are made. So the offense and defense going one against the other. Skelly meaning six versus seven. No O-line, D-line. And so, Mark, what are the O-line and D-line doing while Skelly's going on? Well, they're working on pass rush and pass block. And so the defensive front is trying to uh, pursue. They pick out uh, just one guy. All of the linemen, This I thought this was kind of interesting. So all of the linemen are getting ready for blocking. They're all in formation. Only one defensive defender rushes. And so they get an isolation of one-on-one blocking, and that uh, man has to keep him out and away from the quarterback. And now in at quarterback, it's Cody Wilstead, another big kid, 6'6", 222. The freshman throws complete on the near flat to Spencer Romney as we continue in this skelly portion. 6v7, six offensive players and seven defensive players. No O-line and no D-line in this segment of practice. As Skelly continues, we'll take a brief break. This is BYU football, spring football 2017, coming away live from LaBelle Albert Stadium in Provo on the new skin Cougar, IMG Sports Network. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio. You're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. (laughs) They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test. Because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Some people would call him a loser. He ran for state office. He was beaten. He started a business. He failed. He ran for Congress. He lost. He was nominated for vice president. He lost again. But he knew only those who never tried are the real losers. And Abraham Lincoln was no loser. Persistence. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And oh, was Benjamin Franklin wise. So you actually think electricity can pass through metal? Ha! Ben Franklin, go fly a kite! Excellent idea. Where, where are my keys? Besides the bifocals, Ben invented the Franklin Up stove. You go. The odometer! American Red Cross urgently needs blood and platelet donations and asks donors to schedule an appointment to give now. Every two seconds, someone in the United States needs blood. Your blood donation is critical and can help save lives. Please, schedule an appointment today. Download the Blood Donor app, visit redcrossblood.org, or call 1-800-RED-CROSS today. You can make a difference. BYU 
BYU Spring Football brought to you in part by IBEW Local 354. Getting the job done right on time, on budget every time. We're back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU Spring Football 2017. Skelly, six on seven. Offenses versus defense continues before we get into our first 11 on 11 segments. Just moments away here at the stadium. Updating you on our Skelly passing numbers. Tanner Mangum is four for four. Completions to Trinaman, Albakari, and Tukuafu for that big gainer. Bo Hodge went three for three. Finding Tolu Tau, Funua, and Jones. Tanner Mangum is now 5 for 5 as he dumps it off underneath the Squally Canada. Coy Detmer Jr. went 1 for 1, completing it to Ricky Shumway. Cody, Cody Wilstead went 1 for 2, finding Spencer Romney. And Joe Evans went 1 for 2, a completion to Neil Pau'u. And Neil Pau'u is brother of Butch. Mark? Yeah, and he's uh, really done a nice job. They've been very impressed with him. He's uh, 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 not at all in the same frame as Butch. <laughs> he's 6 4 <laughs> 205, the freshman. And Butch says his biggest challenge when he sees Neil on the field is to make sure Neil's not running by him at any point. <laughs> as a Trey Dye reaches out to haul in a ball at the far sideline thrown by Bo Hodge. We have got Skelly for another about two minutes or so. Once that portion of the practice ends, we're going to stay here at the stadium as the PA takes over and introduces to the fans uh, many of the 2017 BYU football signees. Many of them are here today, and they'll be called out and introduced to the crowd, and there are a couple of those guys that we think might even factor in the 2017 season. I know that Chaz Ayu got a lot of pub on his signing day, and uh, Coach Lamb mentioned him in our pregame conversation. Bo Hodge in a quarterback in the skelly portion of practice. A bullet down the middle of the field, but it's incomplete intended for Achille Davis. Today there will be two number ones on the field on offense. Achille Davis in jersey number one and Bo Tanner. Both wide receivers wearing white jerseys today. The offense all in white jerseys and all the defense in blue jerseys. Royal blue jerseys today. The offense white jerseys, dark blue pants. And the defense royal blue jerseys and white pants. Nate Mickle, come on down from field level or come on up from field level on the headset. Let us know how uh, things are doing weather-wise. What is it like down there for the fans in the stands? Yeah, it's wet. You've got a lot of ponchos out here. Just a kind of a steady drizzle, nothing. You know, you wouldn't say it's raining hard, but it's just a little bit soggy, a little bit wet. Bo Hodge on a back pedal, throws far flat, and a catch not hauled in by Ula Tolutal. Pretty good hands, but the ball thrown down around his knees and couldn't bring it up. And the players have now left the uh, south end zone. That's the O-line and D-line. As we get ready for our first 11-on-11 segment of the day, our first real football of the day, and it will be a tackle segment. We're going to have 10 minutes of tackle football in this next segment. The horn sounds, you hear it. We'll be lining up with 11-on-11 tackle from north to south. That's the plan in the practice plan. And during this break, as the players mill about and get ready for 11-on-11, I believe the PA will be introducing those 2017 recruits we talked about. This is BYU Spring Football 2017. Good to be with you here, back with you in the booth here at Lavelle Bridge Stadium. Let's bring it over to the PA. Football signees here with us today. We like to recognize them. Joining us from Timpview High School in Provo, Utah, defensive back, Chaz Ayu. From Alatoona High School in Ackworth, Georgia, tight end Tanner Baker. You don't know things ain't clear. From Payson High School in Payson, Utah, defensive lineman Tyler Batty. Out of Olympus High School in Salt Lake City, Utah, linebacker Ben Bywater. From Lone Peak High School in Highland, Utah, defensive back Ammon Hanneman. Also from Lone Peak in Highland, Utah, a defensive back or linebacker, Preston Lewis. 
and rounding out Lone Peak High School recruits, a running back, Jackson McChesney. From San Clemente High School in San Clemente, California, tight end, Isaac Rex. From Granger High School in Salt Lake City, Utah, an offensive lineman, Kyrus Tonga. From Bingham High School in South Jordan, Utah, long snapper, Brigham Tuatagaloa. Also from Bingham High School in South Jordan, Utah, defensive end, Tongi Longi. And from Hunter High School in West Valley City, Utah, defensive lineman, Lorenzo Bauatea. The following signees couldn't be here today, but we want to welcome them to the BYU family as well. Alden Tofa, Seth Willis, Tariq Buchanan, Ryan Rico, D'Angelo Hunter, Longi Tuafua, Keenan Ellis, Bentley Hanshaw, Donovan Hanna, Paul Finau, Mason Pakahua, and Saleti Pavaliaki. How about a big hand for the 2017 BYU football signees? All right, so many of those signees here at the stadium, down on the field, and receiving a round of applause from the fans in the stands on this wet Saturday for spring football 2017. Great to have you along with us. We're about to play some 11-on-11 team football. Uh, Again, a tackle segment, 10 minutes of tackle, followed by 10 minutes of non-tackle. At least that's the plan on the practice plan that we were given, and we'll be seeing uh, offense versus defense, 11-on-11 for the first time live with tackling for the next 10 minutes starting right about now. They are going to go through a special team play, so they're going to kick the ball off. And uh, I think they said that they were actually going to run this and start the position from where he returns it. And back to return are K.J. Hall and Jonah Trineman at the south goal line. They'll be kicking it off from north to south. Corey Edwards will kick it off. So our first live-action 11-on-11 spring football being played as we begin period number eight in the practice plan. Corey Edwards lining it up at the 35. We'll kick it off from north to south as we see it and you hear it. K.J. Hall and Jonah Trineman back to return. We are going live with you on the radio. Today's game is, or scrimmage is also being televised on BYU TV. Great to have you with us wherever you are out there in Cougar Nation. Tuning in on television, listening in on radio, on the apps, the laptop, the phone, however you're joining us. Great to have you with us for the last football we'll have for a few months. It'll be five months from tomorrow that BYU kicks it off against Portland State, August 26th here. Five months from tomorrow. That'll be good. Not that we're playing on a Sunday, but (laughs) date on the calendar, (laughs) five months from tomorrow, will be uh, August 26th, Portland State, before BYU heads down to Houston to play LSU in game number two. Wow. What a schedule we have lined up in uh, the year 2017, by the way. It is phenomenal. Okay, Corey Edwards lining it up. We're about to get underway with some 11-on-11 team football here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. There's the whistle. Officials on the field. This will be an officiated portion of practice. Edwards raising his right hand, approaches, gets his left foot into it. And Trineman collects at the one-yard line outside the far hash. Trineman to the 15-yard line, gets to the 20, and brought down between the 20 and 25-yard line, forced out at the far sideline. So it'll be the offense, first down and 10 on this first play of 11 on 11. Get to the offensive line. We'll see who they put out there. We don't expect to see T. John Karoma in this uh, live portion. 
do see J.J. Nwigwe at left tackle. Also out on that O-line, Chandon Herring. Kean Norman. Longson's going in. Austin Chambers. Kiefer. Kiefer. Yeah. So those are your five offensive linemen for Bo Hodge. Bo Hodge will get the first snap. So if we see Tanner Angam and Baby in some non-tackle or non-live segments here, we'll see how they t- plan to play it. But Bo Hodge will get the first snap. Squally Canada is the tailback. Hodge under center. Wides to either side and a fullback in the left slot as the handoff goes to Squally. Squally goes middle for a yard, maybe two. On the 23-yard line, give him the 25 on that first down and 10. Isaiah Kafusi uh, fills that gap quite well, so makes a nice solid tackle. Six foot two, 210-pound freshman linebacker. Pulsifer Isaiah at the Kifusi. middle. Kafusi. Yeah, so you're not seeing your you're you're not seeing the Warner Bernard Pau starters in this first 11 on 11 segment. Hodge goes to shotgun on second down and eight. Bo on a three step steps up, flushed out to the right, running toward the far sideline. They'll whistle that dead as Kesney Tausinga approached Hodge at the far sideline along with Isaiah Kofusi. So it'll be a third down play. Third down at about seven. Seven closer to eight. As we're playing 11-on-11 football here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. First scrimmage series. Another change they made, Greg. Uh, Kamel Green has moved to safety from corner. Is that transfer from Washington State? Yeah. He's already a senior by eligibility, yeah. but hasn't that, played a lot here yeah. at BYU. Trey Dye will be joining Bo Hodge in the backfield. Trey Dye off Bo's right hip. Single receiving option to the right, couple to the left as Bo settles in the pocket and throws high. Brought down, caught made. It's Matt Bushman. Matt Bushman takes it all the way down to the 40-yard line. So a third down and eight, a gain of about 30-plus to Matt Bushman. Matt Bushman off his LDS Church mission and getting his first season in BYU Blue out of Tucson, Arizona, Sabino High School. 6-4-2-30, the tight end Matt Bushman, and Hodge found him with a nice completion. Yeah. Had to go high to bring it down. He did. Made a nice catch. Safety just ran underneath him. He's also playing baseball. Gets over there to take a few swings. Football, most of his time yeah. being spent right now. Hodge goes under center with the offset eye. Elbakri and Die. The handoff to Trey. Trey goes middle. Ooh. Met immediately by Isaiah Kafusi. Kafusi with a stop on a short game, maybe a yard. Creating second down at nine. Die was popped pretty good. Yeah, everybody got excited. You know, that's a clean hit. Nice, solid, just a real solid stick. That catch by Bushman really was nice. It was high and a bit behind him. Turned his body around, made the grab, and took it downfield yeah. for a big gainer. Very athletic in the move, too. You know, uh, he certainly wasn't... Uh, he is very agile in making that catch. From the 40-yard line going in from south to north. A play-action boot for Hodge coming left. Evades a tackler, and they could have whistled that. And now, as Bo makes his way downfield, the whistle does sound. But not until he gets past the line to gain. But give him a first down of the 29-yard line. The defense is 29, first down and 10. Another pass route I really like there. Keely Davis is going on like the fly pattern, getting his corner to run with him. As soon as he gets him turned, he plants his foot and comes back to the line of scrimmage. Now, Hodge wasn't in a position to throw then. I think he'd already made his decision that he was going to run the football. But uh, really a nice route. That comeback at about uh, 20 yards off the bootleg. 
29-yard line of the defense. The offense looking at a first and 10. Bo Hodge has been the quarterback this entire sequence. Creed Richardson, the fullback. K.J. Hall, the tailback on the snap. Two wides to the right. Little play-action nod for Hodge. Steps up, takes off, tucks, and the whistle blows as he gets three yards upfield. They'll whistle that to a second down and seven. Greg Grubel, Mark Lyons with you upstairs. Nate Mickle down at the field level with commentary and live interviews. BYU Spring Football 2017. We're in our first live tackle 11-on-11 scrimmage portion today. Lots of After 10 minutes of this, Mark, we're supposed to have a break, a short break, and then some non-tackle segments of play. Lots of uh, changes on the offense that time. So this is a new group of, of uh, specialty people. Riley Burt's in a running back alongside the QB, Bo Hodge. Bo Hodge hands off to Burt. Burt trapped up by two tacklers running it to the right on a second down and seven. It'll go to third down and about six. Earl Tuioti Mariner, one of the two tacklers in for the BYU defense. Defense in royal blue, offense in white jerseys. And a third down and about five for Bo Hodge and his group. Inoki Lutilele is out there at receiver along with Grant Jones. Inoki is a good little slot at 5'9", a buck 85. Bo Tanner is also out at receiver. So, three receiving options among the wideouts and a tight end left. So, trips to the left. Hodge under center. Takes a five-step. Fires far side, too high and incomplete, looking for Riley Burt, whistled it over his head on a third down and five. So this would be where you'd see a field goal try. He didn't get his feet turned around. You know, part of the consistency is having that footwork to be able to... He wants to go deep. He wasn't able to find anybody. The receiver he was counting on didn't get open. So as he made his change, he only turned his shoulder to throw the football to Riley Burt at a lower position. He was a shorter distance away. That made that ball sail. Rhett Almond will come in for a field goal try of 42 yards from the far hash. Bo Hodge, who is the quarterback, will be the holder. As Mitch Harris snaps, Hodge holds. Almond gets into it and clangs it off the right upright. No good. Had enough to get there, but hit the right bar and no points on that series for the offense. A little more than five minutes into our first live 11-on-11 action. Going to switch sides of the field for the offense. While they're doing that, we'll take a break as we continue on BYU Spring Football 2017. The love of the game. It flows through our veins and fills our lungs. It brings us to our feet and sometimes our knees. But behind every thrilling point, there is strength and security. The card Utah has counted on for more than 70 years. Opening doors to the best health care in all 50 states. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Proud sponsor of Cougar Football. KT Tape is proud to support BYU and help athletes perform their best. KT Tape is an elastic sports and fitness tape designed for muscle, ligament, and tendon pain relief and support. Whether you're training for your first marathon, getting ready for your next game, or reaching a personal fitness goal, you know that nothing slows you down faster than pain and injury. KT Tape is lightweight, comfortable to wear, and can be used for hundreds of common injuries. Go to kttape.com to learn more. Train longer and finish stronger with KT Tape. 
Looking for some fun in your life? Look no further than Kona Ice, the coolest shaved ice truck around. Kona Ice has all types of events, corporate, athletic, private parties, fundraisers, and even schools. We're Smart Snack approved. To book Kona Ice for your next event, visit us online at www.kona-ice.com or give us a call at 801-228-0058. Again, that's 801-228-0058. Kona Ice is a proud sponsor of BYU Athletics. As Cougar fans, you understand the concept of team. You realize that to win, every player has to do their best. To be the best financial team player, Zions Bank really listens because they want to give each client the type of banking experience they want. From traditional face-to-face banking to leading-edge security and mobile access, however you like to bank, at Zions Bank, you can. Explore banking your way at your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. A division of ZBNA, member FDIC. to Lavelle Ridge Stadium for BYU Spring Football 2017. As we come back in, Coy Detmer Jr. got a series with the offense. On first down and 10, they ran Ula Tolutau for four yards, then back-to-back incompletions, a drop by Grant Jones, and a pass that Kavika Fonua could not bring in. So we've seen two series of 11-on-11 football. Bo Hodge leading one drive, Coy Detmer Jr. the second drive. Hodge's drive ended up in a 42-yard field goal attempt, no good by Rhett Almond off the upright, and Coy Detmer Jr. just went three and out. So Johnny Linehan will be brought in for a punt. We're getting in toward the end of the first segment of 11-on-11 tackle football. Then they'll take a brief break, at which time we'll get that down to Nate Mickle. And then they'll start another segment, but a non-tackle segment of team football 11-on-11. Linehan receives the high snap. Rugby's it to the right. He could have run that one. Drops it downfield to Tanner (laughs) Jacobson. Tanner calls the fair catch at the 22-yard line. So the offense back out on the field. That might be the uh, end of the tackle portion of 11-on-11 football before they reset with a non-tackle portion. So brief break for both sides as the offense has seen two series, a Hodge series and a Detmer series. And again, by the practice plan, the next segment is to be non-tackle. I think we're going to see Ty Detmer in the game as it goes to a non-tackle portion of scrimmage. Sit down to Nate Mickle. Nate Mickle is down at field level. Nate, let's check in with you. Get your thoughts on what you've seen so far. Yeah, the first thing that I uh, was really impressed with was that catch by Matt Bishman. He's a guy I've had my eye on for three years now. When the first time I saw his highlight tape, I thought, you know, that guy looks like a college tight end. And sure enough, running across the middle of the field, made a good play. So uh, excited to see him. Excited to see the other tight ends. Still looking to see who's going to catch the ball. We've seen quite a few drops today and, and some bad passes, or some passes that were a little bit off the mark. Got some weather problem, you know. It is a little bit wet, of course. Yeah, <laughs> got some of that going on. Uh, in just a minute, we're going to ha- talk to uh, Butch Pau. Looks like he's out on the field right now, but as soon as he comes off, we'll grab him and, and chat with him about his knee and his progress the last few months. Yeah, they're going to make uh, some players available to us as the scrimmage goes along here today. And in this uh, non-tackle portion of 11 on 11, you are now seeing the starters back in the game. So you're seeing Fred Warner and Butch Pau and Francis Bernard. So these are the main man. These are the big guys. They're back in, but we're going to whistle or tag. I think, on this segment. And Tanner Mangum is in on offense as a result as well. So more 11-11, but the starters, if you will, seeing their first action. And so you now have T. John Karoma out there. You've got Thomas Schoaf out there. You've got Keon Norman out there on the offensive line. You've got Austin Hoyt. You've got Kiefer Longson. So it's kind of the ones versus the ones right now, Mark. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, they, they say non-tackle, so we're likely looking to tag here. So we'll keep the starters out of harm's way. Tanner Mangum is under center. Kabika Fonua, the running back. Play action. Deep drop for Tanner. Shuffling to his right. Being chased mildly. And then as Fred Warner stepped up, the whistle blows. So a loss on the play as, as Tanner ran it to the far side of the field. Fred Warner got in his, in his way, and that results in a whistle and a loss of three, creating a second down and 12 for the offense. We got pushed out a little bit early. It was bootleg, and I think he wanted to just set up and throw to the tight end early, but covered over the middle very well. So uh, he continued all the way to the sideline and uh, gave up the tackle to Fred Warner. So Tanner Mangum getting his first live scrimmage action today, 11 on 11. We saw a Hodge series, a Detmer series, and now Tanner Mangum as they go ones versus ones, but no tackle. Running back is Squally Canada, along with the fullback Braden Elbakri in the offset eye. Tanner Mangum under center. Wides to either side, tight end left. Play action again, shorter drop, a pump, and a lob, a deflection, and an interception as the whistle sounded. Did Butch Powell come up with that? He did. He did. Butch tipped it up in the air and picked it off, but as uh, Tanner was about to throw, I heard a whistle in the backfield. They might have thought somebody was too close to Tanner. What did you see, Mark? Well, I thought he got rid of it, you know. It's pretty hard to tell. And uh, Coach Mendenhall really blew the whistle early on all of those quarterback plays. And so uh, Back in the day? Yeah, back in the day. So I think that they probably yeah, they did. told those officials, yeah. let's call it early. That's too bad. It takes away a pick from Butch Powell, which you would have liked to have. But they'll go to third down and even longer yeah. on another loss on the play. Butch climbed the ladder, tipped yeah, the ball did. up in the air, and uh, came right down to himself right in the bread basket. Nice interception. Austin Lee is playing safety along with Sawyer Powell right now. Austin Lee, the former Utah player at the corner. Troy Warner and Diane Gaboloku. Third down and long. A call to third and ten as they racked the back up the line of scrimmage for Tanner Mangum. Tanner, a little jump ball that he hops up in the air to toss to Braden Elbakri or make it Nate Sampson, the tight end, beg your pardon. Sampson makes catch seven yards downfield. It would be a fourth down and three. So a little release there to Sampson. Tanner Mangum's first live action ends in a three and out with a couple of losses in the series. Needed more yardage, of course, uh, but there was just nobody there. There was nobody open for him to even have a shot at trying to throw it to. So they'll bring Johnny Linehan in for a punt situation. What will be a fourth and three? Micah Hanneman is back in punt return territory for the Royal Blue defense. Johnny Linehan, I think we might have thought his career was going to end last year, but another year of eligibility was found, and Johnny is back. Johnny almost straight back, a little rugby to the right. End over render to Hanneman, makes a catch at the 16-17 yard line, takes off with it, and he'll run a little bit before they blow the whistle. And we'll get another offensive group back out on the field. I always like that. This will be Tanner Mangum again. Tanner Mangum will get back-to-back series here as they switch directions now going north to south, left to right, as we see it. And you hear it here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. I always liked being the quarterback wearing that off-color shirt that they couldn't tackle. You could act like you were a hero. You just get to – because, you know, you're right. Oh, I meet that guy, and I meet that guy, and I'm still going. (laughs) Ty Detmer is setting up behind the offense, behind the offensive huddle. He's calling plays with the headset on. He's got Cody Wilstead. He's got Coy Detmer there around him as well. Tanner Mangum, another series. Mangum will step under center. Squally Candidate is the lone setback. Two wide receivers to the right, single wide left. 
tight end right, so trips right for the offense on this first down and 10. Stretch handoff, Squally. Squally steps through a tackle, and downfield he goes. Gets to the 40-yard line. We're in a no-tackle segment, so they're tagging for the end of the play. That's a 12-yard run, though, for Squally Canada. <laughs> this is officially a non-tackle portion of 11 on 11, so they tag you up, and then you are down. But a 12-yard run for Squally, who then jogs off the field. No harm done there. Fred Warner's pointing back here, back here, and <laughs> Coroma's going, no, no, down there, down there. <laughs> How unusual that uh, T. John and Fred would be talking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Two guys would like to get after it. All right. Karoma is at center. Bends to snap to Tanner Mangum in shotgun. He's got Trey Dye off his left hip. Two wides and a tight end right. Single wide left short side for Mangum as they go left to right. Tanner on a three-step. Steps up. Slaps the ball. Wings it downfield. Open is Simon. Intercepted. Pick made by Chris Wilcox, who got beyond Simon and hauls it in for the INT back at the 32-yard line. So a long ball intercepted by Chris Wilcox, intended for Micah Simon, the 6'190 190-pound sophomore. Wilcox got a lot of playing time as a freshman last year, and as you heard Elisa Tuiaki tell us in the pre-scrimmage, Mark, he took his lumps. But he's learned a lot, and he's one of that uh, that fine young cornerback group that is along with uh, Troy Warner and uh, Diane Gawoluku. Yeah, I'll say Toledo got the safety out of there and then ran that post pattern underneath him, and oh man, it was hard for him to keep up. But that's a tough route to cover, number one. And then when the guy's faster than you, it's impossible. But he did a nice job there. That time, uh, Simon didn't get to the football very well. He was able to see it late, made a little bit of an effort to jump for it, and that allowed Wilcox to move and make a nice catch for the interception. So they'll reset the series, give Tanner Mangum another set of downs back at the 30-yard line, the north 30. Tanner's under center. Trey dies the tailback on a five-step. Mangum guns it near sideline. Incomplete intended for Bo Tanner. Incomplete on first down and 10. We're in the second five-minute period of non-tackle in this non-tackle portion. We've gone 10 minutes live with tackle. We're now in a 10-minute segment with no tackle. And that 10-minute segment broken up into two five-minute periods. We're in the second of those two five-minute periods right now. Linebackers linebackers just changed. Uh, A couple of secondary people just changed. Trey Dye, the tailback, left hip of Mangum. Mangum in the gun, gives to Trey. Trey goes middle, it is met. We're in a non-tackle, tag-me-up portion. So after a four-yard gain, whistle sounds. It'll be third down and six for the offense, moving it left to right as we see it and you hear it. BYU's 2017 schedule kicks off right here at LaBelle Stadium on August 26th against Portland State, then down to Energy Stadium in Houston for BYU and LSU, back home for BYU and Utah, followed by Wisconsin. What a way to open the season. They'll finish off September in Logan against Utah State. Very interesting first month of the campaign for Coach Itaki and the Cougs. K.J. Hall now running back with Tanner Mangum in the backfield. Tanner's in the gun. It's a third down and about six. Closer to five as Tanner takes the snap. Steps up. Fires complete. Talent Shumway at midfield to the 45. The whistle sounds. A big gainer. Mangum to Shumway. Talent Shumway is a guy that, coming out of Lone Peak High School, the two-sport star, so versatile, so athletic, mission served, and then really just kind of a uh, sequence of little nagging injuries since he's gotten back, but he's now healthy and looking to hopefully claim for his part a starting role in wide receiver this year. Came on, uh, got quite a bit of playing time at the end of last season, and it continues now for him. Uh, It's one of Tanner Mangum's favorite uh, receivers is to run that little post pattern to Talent Shumway. 6'3", 205, 
Cowboy. They now go offset eye. Braden L. Bakri and K.J. Hall. First down and 10 inside the defense's side of field at the 48-yard line. A play fake. A ball tipped up one, two, three, four times and picked off. Isaiah Kafusi ends up with the interception as that little ball across the middle was batted up in the air multiple times, finally brought down by the defense. It was intended for Braden L. Bakri, not a clean catch, and then it was batted around volleyball style until Kafusi brought it down. So two picks and two series for Tanner Mangum. Chris Wilcox getting him the first time and Isaiah Kafusi this time. The offense has yet to score any points in 11-11 football here. And we've gone... Almost 20 minutes of 11 on 11. 10 minutes tackle, almost 10 minutes non-tackle, and no points for the O. Somebody uh, took charge out there and said, uh, no, give it to the offense for the first down as if he did catch it. Okay, well, they can make up the rules as they go along a little bit in the spring. And so at the 40-yard line, they'll keep Mangum and the offense on the field. Tanner will be in the gun with K.J. Hall to his left hip. Three receiving options to the right, one left, and they... Screen left to KJ. KJ's got a big gain on the far sideline. It's on the 30-yard line. A gain of around 17 yards to KJ Hall. The pitch and catch and the 5'9", 180-pound sophomore skitters down the far sideline for a first down. Son of Kalen Hall, KJ Hall moves the chains for the offense. There's a thing I liked on that play. He ran inside the rushing defensive end on that side. So on the right side, the defensive end's pushing forward, and Kalen Hall runs inside him instead of going outside, so nobody sees him. He just kind of slips out there, and that allowed him to get open for that screen reception. 23-yard line of the defense, so the offense moving in from left to right, north to south, getting closer to scoring territory. Tanner Mangum in the offense on the field. Tanner getting a third straight series with the O. Riley Burt now, the tailback to his left hip. Two wide receivers left, and two to the right, including a tight end. There's motion, and there are flags for the first time today. I think Tanner went on a hard count and got all that defense to jump. Unless T. John fake snapped it and then did snap it when they jumped off. And they gave it an offside. <laughs> they signaled offside, so it'll give him five yards inside the 20, inside the red zone. It'll be a 18-yard snap, 18-yard line snap for the offense. So we could see our, por- our first points of the afternoon on this series. Mangum and the O, starting O, with T. John Karoma at center. Chandon Herring at left guard. Kiefer Longson at, or rather, Chandon Herring at right guard. Longson at right tackle. A pump by Mangum. A step up under some pressure, and they'll blow that thing dead as that play kind of broke down. It'll be second down, just inside the 20-yard line. Austin Hoyt was also out playing left guard with Austin Chambers playing at left tackle. So Chambers is a guy that can go guard, center, or tackle. Yeah. Finds himself with a left end right now. Kalani was talking about the size and the strength of those offensive linemen. And, boy, they are big. They're all at uh, 285 to 305 plus. So they're a big, solid group of offensive linemen. Loss of four on the play. Second down and 14 back at the 22 for Tanner in the offense. Tanner's under center. Offset eye. Richardson. And Burt, handoff Riley. Riley shoots a gap, gets into the secondary. Where will the whistle be blown and the tag applied is the question. They're going to bring it back between the 10 and 15-yard line. Give them the 17. They'll put it just really? outside the 15-yard line. I thought he had a little more opening there. Now, Riley Burt ran a, well, he's ran a sub-11-second 100-yard 
meters, 100 meters in high school. He's a quick kid. He's a, And he ran track this last year here at BYU in order to improve his speed. It'll be third down at about eight after a short gain on that play. Tanner Mangum in the gun. Ula Tolutau to his right hip. Two wide receiving options left and right on this third down and long. Snap to Tanner. Mangum, a step up, throws far pylon. Catch made just inside the five-yard line by Jonah Trinneman. It'll be first down and goal for the offense. Right at the five-yard line. Nice catch by Jonah. On a wet day, the uh, raindrops splattering our glass here at LaVette Leverage Stadium in the broadcast booth. It'll be first down and goal for the O in this 11-on-11 non-tackle portion of live football. Probably the best throw by Mangum that he's made today, too. Nice whistle there to the far sideline. At the far hash, the offense, first down and goal. T. John at center. Mangum will back into the gun. Again, two receiving options left and right on this first and goal from the five-yard line. Tanner will sprint to the right, bobble the football, pick it up, and just fall to the ground with it. Just lost the handle on this soggy Saturday. Back at around the 13-yard line, loss of eight. So second and goal from the 13 for Tanner in the O. It's not a clean grab there. And boy, actually, the, the snap was clean as he ran with it. He just lost yeah. the football. Yeah, it does look like it's uh, soggy enough to cause a little bit of difficulty in hanging on to the ball. Steady rainfall for this spring football day in 2017. The team will have one more week of practice this next week, but as far as the fans are concerned, this kind of wraps it up for 2017. Well, it ends with alum- Alumni Day next yeah, week. next weekend. Kavika Fonua at running back on this second and goal from the 13. As the offense goes left to right, north to south, Tanner hands out to Kavika. Kavika running hard up the middle, and they'll give him inside the five-yard line before they blow the whistle. So third down and goal for about the four, maybe the three. Where will they put the ball here? Still waiting for a spot. It's a little more generous spot nice compared opening. to the last running play. Yeah, <laughs> nice opening, though, in the line for him to pop through. Yet to put the ball down. They will now at about the three-yard line. So we'll call it third and goal from the three. Ball between the hashes for Tanner and the offense. Mangum in the backfield with Kavika Fonua, the former safety and linebacker and coverage specialist. Getting some time at running back. Wides to either side, slot left and tight right as Tanner goes down and in, looking for Akili Davis. The ball batted away incomplete. Intended for Davis, the ball knocked away. Good pass defense on the play as they ran that quick slant at the goal line. It is incomplete. Fourth down and goal from the three. I believe Diane Gawoluku was in coverage. and Gawoluku. Batted the ball away, broke up the pass. Right on top of it, boy. He was just rode him right down, uh, was on his back at the time he came off the line of scrimmage. So they'll break out Red Almond to attempt what would be about a 20-yard field goal. These will be the first points scored today. Break the tie. Bo Hodge will hold. We'll give Red Almond a swing and then likely take a break and get ready for our next segment of Skelly. It'll be six on seven, but a tackle portion of Skelly is next up. That's the plan here at LaVellebridge Stadium. Mitch Harris, the long snapper, with Foley out for the spring. Hodge, the hold. Almond splits the uprights, and the offense has scored three points. We'll take a break. BYU Spring Football 2017 continues here on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio. You're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. 
They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Some people would call him a loser. He ran for state office. He was beaten. He started a business. He failed. He ran for Congress. He lost. He was nominated for vice president. He lost again. But he knew only those who never tried are the real losers. And Abraham Lincoln was no loser. Persistence. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And all was Benjamin Franklin wise. So you actually think electricity can pass through metal? Ha! Ben Franklin, go fly a kite. Excellent idea. Where, where are my keys? Besides the bifocals, Ben invented the Franklin Up stone. You go! The odometer! Whoa! Oh, and the lightning rod! <laughs> Ingenuity! Pass it on! From the foundation for a better life at values.com! The American Red Cross urgently needs blood and platelet donations and asks donors to schedule an appointment to give now. Every two seconds, someone in the United States needs blood. Your blood donation is critical and can help save lives. Please, schedule an appointment today. Download the Blood Donor app. Visit redcrossblood.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS-TODAY. You can make a difference. Welcome back to LaVell Edwards Stadium for BYU Spring Football 2017 as they get some uh, skelly, more six-on-seven football in front of us. Let's go down to field level for Nate Mickle, joined by a special guest at the sideline. Yeah, down here with Butch Pau. Butch, it's great to see you without the knee brace. Uh, if you're wearing the knee brace, I don't think you get up high enough to get the pick. Can you walk us through that one? Um, you're right. If I have the knee brace on, I'm not jumping as high, so I'm really thankful that I have been able to rest and been able to heal my knee, and I'm glad that I'm at 100% now. What do you think of the punt team? Um, well, I don't really like Johnny Linehan very much, but I like the other punters. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that guy's a tool. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. He sounds funny, huh? <laughs> How about uh, let's talk about the defense real quick? Going into this season, what do you see as the biggest strengths and the biggest question marks? You know, as a defense, I feel like defensively, I think the biggest thing that we've done this year is have our defensive line become a lot stronger. And you see it in practice that our defensive line isn't moving. I mean, we have four guys taking on five or six guys at a time, and so us linebackers are able to play freely. I think another thing that's uh, positive this year is that we have experience from last year. All three of the linebackers are back, and our DBs and safeties are back. So I'm not sure of any question marks that we have. All I know is that we need to continue to um, develop our fundamentals and get better and master the scheme so that we can perform well against the teams that we have this year. All right, last thing. Where, you, where do you spend your time this offseason? What are you trying to focus on? Where are you trying to improve? Um, so for me, I feel like the biggest thing that I have to improve on is not only speed, um, but being able to shed off a block from one of the, the linemen and then being able, being able to go and make the play. I think if I can do that, then I'll be able to make a lot more plays this year than I did last year, and that's always the hope. All right, thanks. Good luck, Butch. 
Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Butch Pau and Nate Mickle. We're in Skelly. We're on six on seven. Offense versus defense. No O-lineman, no D-lineman. It is a tackle portion, so we are playing this thing through. In this current series, we've seen Tanner Mangum find Micah Simon and Matt Bushman for a couple of nice completions, Mark. Yeah, nice throws. Uh, it's so interesting how you take all those linemen out of there and all of a sudden you see open areas of guys <laughs> to throw to. It is six on seven. Six offensive players, seven defensive players, tackle portion, and the offense is down at the 33-yard line. A pump by Mangum and a pick Ooh. by Isaiah Kafusi. His second pick of the day. Tanner's thrown three interceptions. Kafusi just kind of right in the passing lane. And uh, Tanner got a lot on it, but uh, Kafusi yeah. getting his hands up to make a play. He's been a good player today. I, I'm sure that uh, Tanner thought he was going to beat him with the delivery. It was going to be quick enough, and Kafusi wasn't going to be able to react quick enough to get to the ball. Boy, it was a nice play by Kafusi. Today's weather currently shows 45 degrees, but it feels like of 37 with the wind and the rain. The wind is 17 miles per hour. Pretty prevalent as the flags have stayed uh, pretty well in motion throughout the afternoon, and the rain has been pretty steady from almost the get-go here this afternoon. So we are in Skelly. Again, it's a skeleton version of a football team. No O-line, no D-line. 6-V-7. And after Tanner Mangum seeing a number of sequential series, Bo Hodge is back in the game at quarterback. Bo throws a little ball out in front of K.J. Hall. Or was that Riley Burt? It's K.J. Doug Martin had it right. Never doubt the spotter. K.J. Hall makes the catch on the near flat. Brought it down to the 43-yard line of the offense. So a first down chain mover there. So that's set up as a little screen. That uh, So the wide receiver out there comes up and he doesn't make a block until the ball is thrown and then he's able to seal off that inside linebacker. So they are letting the offense move it. They're moving the chains and there is tackle. There are tackles being made. Just no O-line or D-line on the field. 6v7 for the O. Bo Hodge on a three-step. Throws down and in. Complete inside the 40-yard line of the D. And that's to Neil Pau, the brother of Butch, who we had on moments ago, making the catch inside the 40 to the 37 of the D. The D wearing royal blue jerseys, the offense in the white jerseys today. Today's coverage on radio, as we always are with you, and for the first time on BYU TV. So BYU TV having some live play-by-play to show Cougar Nation out there. A nice top, nice touch, and getting the football word out to BYU fans wherever they are today. Throw on the far sideline on that first down here in Skelly. Low ball, caught but for no gain. Same concept as what they just threw to the other direction where they have a little uh, screen pass set up for the running back. This time it's set up for the fullback. Quick release throws. Uh, good things to run against those uh, man-to-man teams that are out there pressuring your wide receivers. Wide receiver just gets off the line. They throw the quick release to that back, and he has a chance to make a play. That was Kyle Griffiths, who at one time was a BYU quarterback here before his mission, now playing a tight end position. Bo Hodge at the far sideline, second down and 10. Throws high. It's caught by Grant Jones for a first down inside the 25-yard line of the 24. Yeah, Grant Jones is an inch. He came as an outside linebacker, ended up going to the safety position. I liked him at safety. Carried, covered a lot of uh, territory. He's a big rangy kid but they thought he may be, be, be better off as a wide receiver with that height. Joined the program in 2011. <laughs> yeah. Your careers tend to get, they, they can last a little while here at BYU. <laughs> the red shirt and the mission. Yeah. Bo Hodge at 
Quarterback in the gun in Skelly, 6v7, first and 10 from the defensive 24. A sprint left for Bo. The right-hander cocks and throws. Complete near side for Neil Pau. Pau to the 12-11 yard line. Give him the 10. Just inside the 10 to the 9. That's actually a first down gain. Give a lot of additional yards to a first down and goal in this 6v7 portion. It is practice period number 13 on the clock as they divide the practice into periods. They were to go 19 periods today, 19 five-minute periods. We're in period number 13. Final segment of 6v7 tackle. Then we're supposed to go into a team 11 on 11 noun tackle portion. Bo Hodge on first and goal. Throws low, but caught. Diving out to make the catch is Spencer Romney. 5 10 180, a sophomore diving catch at the four yard line. See, there's that's uh, Bo Hodge again. Not, well, I'm not going to say this is a common theme, but uh, he, he just didn't get his feet around in time to make that delivery to the left side. Unhappy, he was unhappy with the throw going so low, but uh, uh, he just didn't get the right setup to be able to make that pass. Second and goal from the four-yard line of the defense. In 11-11, we've seen just three points scored. A 20-yard field goal by Rhett Allman. This is Skelly 6v7. Hodge under center. Quick drop. And a fire behind Grant Jones. A back shoulder throw to Jones who can't haul it in in the end zone. Incomplete. It'll be third down and goal four from the four for the offense. Caden Dortch in coverage at corner for the Royal Blue Clad defense. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Grant Jones knew that he was supposed to take that as back shoulder because he tried to, he should have uh, made a plant and come back to the ball a little bit. Instead, he just tried to reach back with his hand. That's the first incompletion for Hodge and uh, Skelly. He was six for six before that throw to Jones. Pau with a couple of catches. Hall with a catch. Griffith's a catch. Jones and Romney each with catches in this skelly portion. Offset eye for Hodge on third and goal from the four. And Hodge will go back pylon and incomplete as Bo Tanner couldn't shed his coverage. And that'll go as an incompletion on third down and goal from the four. Not ideal conditions for football today as it's cold and wet. But they're giving it a go for the fans who've shown up. And by the way, kudos and much respect to all the fans who've come out today to put themselves in the stands on this soggy, cold Saturday. There were more people in St. George, Greg. I, yeah. I, I think that but maybe that weather has something to do Just with it. a little it. bit to do with it. Boy, it was a great day in St. George. They'll say a fourth down and goal now from the four for Hodge. Hodge will pump. Fire and just inside the end zone. Catch made for a touchdown. Matt Bushman. Matt Bushman makes the catch in Skelly. So we'll say that the offense scores six more points, but in the Skelly portion. So three points in 11 on 11 and six points in Skelly. Now, normally in a real life situation, uh, BYU would have been in a man to man defense in that particular down, being inside the five yard line. They stayed in their zone just to uh, work on their zone coverage, and that's what allowed that to be an open receiver. We'll see if they decide to run one more segment of Skelly or perhaps take a break, get into our next 11-on-11 portion. The practice format calls for two more segments of live 11-on-11 football, one segment of non-tackle and one segment of tackle. We'll see what they decide to do as they are toward the end of a planned Skelly session. They'll stay in Skelly. And it'll be Coy Detmer Jr. now going north to south, left to right as we see it and you hear it. So 6v7 for the O, this time with Coy Detmer Jr. Coy takes an under center position, gives himself the snap, takes a seven step, throws underneath, complete to Neil Pau. Pau makes the catch after a six-yard gain in the 31-yard line. Second down and four for the O here in 6v7. Coy Detmer's just a little kid. 
But uh, he puts every muscle he's got. He's 5'10", 171. When he throws the football, he throws with his whole body. And something I've also noticed, the ball doesn't hit the ground a lot. He's not terribly big, but he is an efficient quarterback. Yeah, he is very accurate. Yeah. Coy is in the gun on the second down and four from the 31, rubbing his hands. Sprunts to his left and throws complete to the 40-yard line. Outside the 40 to the 42, Ricky Shumway makes the catch. Again, Coy Detmer's anything but prototypical, but they said that about Uncle Ty. <laughs> You're right. Uncle Ty turned out to be a pretty good one here at yeah. BYU. And uh, it was interesting in your interview with uh, Coy Detmer, I mean, excuse me, with Ty, he was saying Coy knows it all. So Coy Detmer knows what he's supposed to be doing on every down. At the 42-yard line of the offense, moving it toward midfield, Coy will be under center with a single back. Takes his five-step, settles, wings it to the far sideline. Grant Jones makes the catch. Another first down into (laughs) defensive territory at the 47-yard line. We've talked about it. Mark just reiterated he really gets his whole body into every throw because of his frame. But it's an accurate, good uh, velocity throw. It is. He, He gets enough on it. He gets it where it needs to be. Pretty impressive. 47-yard line of the defense. The offense going left to right as we see it and you hear it here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium as the cloud cover creeps down toward the block Y level on Y Mountain. Coy will take a center snap. Five-step. Seems it complete to Spencer Romney down to the 15-yard line. A big gainer, Detmer to Romney for a first down. Good read. I thought he missed him, but uh, he just took an extra count, got the football to that open man. Coy Detmer's fun to watch. It's fun to see him do his thing there at quarterback. 15-yard line, the spot for the offense. First down and 10. Here in this 6v7 portion, we saw a touchdown to Matt Bushman, and Coy Detmer may be given just that before they decide to go into an 11-on-11 portion. That may be it. They're going to sound the horn and take a break before our next 11-on-11 live scrimmage portion of today's activities. We'll stay right here with it as they change format from Skelly to live. At least that's the plan here as we begin period number 14. And period 14 is to be a team portion, 11 on 11, but no tackle. Just See how a, they play it here. Uh, just a, I mentioned the St. George practice. It was pretty fun to go down there. And the camp out was great, too. I, some of the players were really excited. You did not go on the camp <laughs> out. I didn't go on the camp out. But I'll tell you what was pretty cool, Greg. They had cougar tails and they had the creamery ice cream. And I was quite impressed that they uh, hauled all that stuff. I'm guessing they hauled it all yeah. down there in order to make it as real as they make could. Make it authentic. As, yeah. It's it was to be an authentic experience. It was terrific. All right, we're going to a uh, 10-minute portion of non-tackle, 11-on-11. With a kickoff. After a kickoff, which will be offered by Andrew Mickelson. Mickelson will kick it off from south to north, left to right as we see it. And you hear it. And back to return, Trey Dye and Kavika Fonua. So Funua and Dai, the returners. Mickelson, the kickoff man. We'll see the offense back out on the field. Maybe see Tanner Mangum get some more live snaps. Mickelson raising his right arm. Gets his right leg into it. Skies it. 
toward Dye. Between the hashes at the four-yard line, Trey Dye running between the hashes, oh. puts a hand on a blocker, pushed from behind, and brought down at the 25-yard line. Given the 26, the offense will be on the field. Keon Norman is out. Addison Pulsifer is out. They were offsides on the kickoff, so they did drop a flag. They'll take care of that. BYU was quite good at that last year. Fanua was right in the opening where Dye wanted to go, and so when Dye made his cut to get in there, he ran into Fanua, and in doing so, that's what uh, made him get tackled. He was made. He had an open area that he could have set sail. Offensive line from left to right, J.J. Nwigwe, Leroy Tanawai Sitake, Addison Pulsifer. I beg your pardon, they'll put the... Uh, They'll put Keon Norman at center. Then you have Addison Pulse for right guard and Chandon Herring at right tackle. That's your own line left to right. And back at a quarterback is Tanner Mangum. So it's ones against ones. Yeah, one on one here. But non tackle. Ten minutes of 11 on 11 non tackle football from the 31 yard line between the hashes. Tanner fumbles the snap. And the defense following it. Kesney Tausinga appeared to have a beat on the football, but they're going to whistle that back and say, let's do it again. That was a first down play, and Tanner Mangum has uh, bobbled a wet football and fumbled a snapped football. I will say that Tanner Mangum is, has been better than he has been today. It's I don't know what the trouble is, but, uh, yeah, missing snaps is a, it's just a no-no. And dropping the football when you're running and uh, throwing interceptions. So he's he's been better than he has played today. Snap to Tanner. Tanner will stretch the handoff to Squally Canada. Squally cutting his run back upfield after getting toward the sideline and got a 12-yard gain out of it. Austin Lee, the former Ute, makes the tackle but gives Squally a 12-yard gain and give the offense a first down outside the 40-yard line. And playing center right now is Kean Norman, who can both go guard and center. Now that's another possibility since it isn't a Chroma out there. That could have yeah, been well, part yeah. of the trouble that he uh, wasn't accustomed to that snap. With no tee, John, and a wet ball, those things kind of conspiring against uh, yeah. Tanner Mangum likely. It's first down and 10 from the 42-yard line. The 42 going left to right as we approach midfield. Play action boot for Tanner. Tanner will dump it underneath to Matt Bushman. Bushman makes the catch and is tagged immediately after a short gain of three yards. So third down and seven for the offense. So they'll make it second and seven. They'll call that a second first down play. As they wiped off the fumble place, they made that a first down. It'll be second down and seven from the 45 as they approach midfield. Moving it north to south here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 45-yard line. Mangum in the offense. Ones against ones, no tackle. Tag to down. Trey Dye, the running back, left hip. Two wide receivers right, single wide left. The single wide left is Akili Davis. Mangum seams it and through oh. the hands of Joe Tukawaf, who got a lot on that seam throw for the tight end. It goes incomplete. Third down and seven from the 45-yard line. Yeah, he loaded up that time, didn't he? Made that little shuffle step and really loaded up and uh, rifled that that football, and it was just too hot. It was a pretty far downfield ball that should have been caught. Just four tight ends in uniform today, and we really haven't seen, I don't think, a Moroni Laulu Pututau no. either in with the ones or being targeted, and so you've seen a lot of him as a receiver. You'll see a lot of him this year as a tight end. K.J. Hall is the tailback to the left hip of Tanner on this third down and seven from the 45 approaching midfield. Tanner on a three-step. Steps up, now steps to his right, throws to an open man downfield. It's Micah Simon makes the catch. Micah Simon, 40-yard line of the defense, so a first down and a big gainer. 
That was a 16, 17-yard completion there to Micah Simon. Tanner Mangum throws really well on the move. So yeah, doesn't it? Yes. He, he's set up in the pocket. He uh, shuffles out of the pocket and uh, makes that. He doesn't set up. He just goes ahead and throws it on the move, and it was an excellent throw to Simon. We recall that uh, Tanner's memorable Hail Marys in his freshman year were after yeah. running to the right on both of those plays. Tanner will stretch handoff to K.J. Hall. And K.J. Hall will go middle on first and ten for a couple. Second down and eight inside the 40 of the defense. We're in an 11 and 11 on 11 non-tackle portion of today's scrimmage. Following 10 minutes of this, we plan to go tackle football 11 on 11 for the final 20 minutes of the scrimmage. And during that time, we'll likely see just uh, backups on the field. But we are seeing ones versus ones right now. Well, they just made a lot of changes, though. So the defense uh, took a lot of people out. They, uh, I don't know whether they're counting plays or how they're doing it, but they they interchange people quite often with uh, different people. Tanner Mangum stays in and goes under center. Offset eye behind him. Play action on a deep drop. Tanner throws behind and too low for Jonah Trineman on a second down and about nine. Third down and nine coming up for the offense. About halfway through this 10-minute portion of 11 on 11 team football. Tanner rushed checking, a little sorry, bit. Sorry, Mark. Just wanted to check Tanner's numbers real quick in the uh, 11 on 11 today. He's a 6 for 12 for 80 yards and uh, a pick, two picks, and there was also one in Skelly. Tanner's in gun on this third down and nine. 39, uh, oh, flags fly. Yeah, on left either tackle side moves just a little bit just before the snap. So they'll move them back five, and they'll be looking at uh, third and third 14. About 15, yeah, third and 14, Mark, you're right. Third and 14. Well, the defense, ref- they refused the penalty. <laughs> Unconventional. <laughs> so it's third down and nine back at the 39. They'll basically do the down over again for Tanner Mangum. He's in the gun with Riley Burt. Tanner on a three-step. Loads up once, twice, double clutch, throws near sideline. Caught by Talon Shumway for a first down. 13 for a 13-yard completion on third down and nine. Talon makes the catch. If I was to uh, say what I noticed the most today is that uh, BYU is going to use the entire field on their routes. They, they've thrown an awful lot of passes today to receivers right on the sideline. And so they're trying to get away from that zone, being able to cover all the way to the width of the field. And uh, they've been pretty good with it. First down and 10 from the 25 of the defense. Tanner Mangum's under center. Offset eye. Cree Richardson and Ula Tolutau. Hand off to Ula on the stretch. Ula starts left, comes right, gets two yards before the tag, and he will be down. So BYU's run the ball for 54 yards and passed it for about a buck 23 in the live 11-on-11 football today with the three points to show for it on a 20-yard Rhett Almond field goal. No touchdowns in 11-on-11. There was a touchdown in Skelly caught by Matt Bushman. Tanner Mangum stays in at quarterback. Again, they'll offset the eye. Richardson and Tolutau. Second down at about the same distance. Play action. A boot to the right for Tanner. Tanner throws. Tukawafu makes the catch inside the 10. Tag there. It'll be first down and goal. Tukawafu receives it from Tanner Mangum. Both of them running to the right side of the field. Tukawafu the reception and first and goal for the offense inside the 10. 
It's 280 pounds running across there, and he makes a nice catch that time. This time the ball is a little bit more in his body. That first ball that we were saying he should have caught was out away from his body, so this time he's able to snag it by using a little more of his frame. And already a lot more tight end focus we can see from this offense in yeah. terms of what they want to do. It'll be from the near hash, the right hash, first and goal from the nine-yard line. Tanner under center, stretch handoff to Kavika Fonua. Kavika Fonua stutter step, gets to the five, gets into the end zone, but he's tagged before he gets to the goal line. We'll tag him at the five-yard line. Second down and five for the offense. We'll take a break after the non-tackle portion of this scrimmage, and then we'll come back for the final moments of live tackle football. At the five-yard line, second and goal for the O. Tanner's in the gun with Kavika Fonua to his right hip. Got Trinneman and Simon left, Shumway and Bushman to the right. And flags fly as the play gets underway. Another false start. It'll back it up to second and goal from the 10. BYU, oops. BYU's comeback win against SMU is on TV this morning. Man, it was fun to watch. I realized how lost I am without a score and a time on the screen <laughs> yeah, at all times. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> you, it was never there. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll keep the same distance. They won't march off the yards. It'll be second and goal again from the five. Tanner's in the gun. Tanner looks left, looks middle. As pressure comes from behind, throws back in the end zone for Bushman for the touchdown. But did they whistle it dead before he threw the football? The fans want the points to be given. Bushman in the end zone for the score. But uh, he was being pressured from behind as he released it. I say give him the points, but what do they decide to do? They need the red light on the backboard to be able to tell if that <laughs> ball was away or not. Tanner makes the throw under some duress. Went to Bushman in the end zone. They're going to call it a touchdown. So give Tanner the touchdown to Matt Bushman. Bushman's second touchdown catch. One in Skelly, one in 11 on 11. And Rhett Almond will come on for the PAT. Then we'll take a break. Hodge will hold. Mitch Harris in for Matt Foley this spring will snap. And Almond will try for the PAT. Snap is back. Hold clean by Bo. The kick is up and through. So give the offense 10 points in live 11 on 11. We'll take a break. It's BYU Spring Football 2017 here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Hey, this is Chris from JCW's, the Burger Boys. If you're looking for the perfect place to watch your favorite team while enjoying a delicious third-pound burger piled high with thick bacon and a delicious shake, then JCW's is the perfect place. We're a homegrown Utah company, and we work hard to provide the best-tasting food around in a clean, friendly atmosphere that family and friends will enjoy. Stop in and see us today. We're in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, and now in South Jordan. JCW's quality and a lot of last time on college sports now jay billis college basketball analyst See, look if i were running the committee i'd tell everybody hey let's make our decisions you guys vote we don't need to discuss this if you've done your homework we don't need to discuss it we just need to vote and then when they do their interviews afterwards every answer should be we thought they were the better team listen to college sports now 10 a.m to noon eastern time monday through friday exclusively on TuneIn. your everything audio app and follow along on twitter at cs now tweets
Jeff, come on in. What's going on? I just came by to see your new house. Wait, is that a water slide? Yeah, we saved so much money using Homie when we bought this place. We each got to choose something special we wanted to buy. Janet got a piano staircase. Little Ken got rocket skates. Whoa, what did you get? I got the most glorious thing of all. My backyard is now a ninja training course made entirely of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. What will you do with the money you save? Learn more at Homie.com. The love of the game. It flows through our veins and fills our lungs. It brings us to our feet and sometimes our knees. But behind every thrilling point, there is strength and security. The card Utah has counted on for more than 70 years. Opening doors to the best health care in all 50 states. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Proud sponsor of Cougar Football. BYU football, spring football 2017, brought to you by Smith's Market Fresh Groceries. Fresh food for your family and fuel for your vehicle. Low prices, Market Fresh at Smith's. Tanner Mangum just let a touchdown drive for the offense in 11-11, and Tanner is with our Nate Mickle down at field level. Yeah, Tanner, so it feels like we've already lived several lives with you as a football player. Uh, can you tell us how you're feeling coming into this season, knowing that you're the guy and uh, getting all the reps? Well, it feels it feels good as just as, as a whole, you know, not not just for me individually, but as a team to be able to have a year of experience under our belt now with these coaches, with this coaching staff, and then to be able to come into the spring and, and build off of last season, you know, which is a good season, and now looking to build off of it, it feels feels good. Um, so I'm I'm feeling confident, and I think uh, other guys are as well. So now it's just on us to keep working and get better to to have a a better season this year. So in 2015, you had some household names that you were thrown to, Mitch Matthews and Devon Blackman, Turnhout. Who are the guys that are going to become household names this next season? Well, you know, I think it still remain, it remains to be seen. You know, I think a lot of guys are working hard, though. Uh, I know Talon Shumway has taken a big step up this spring, you know, being able to take, take on a big role. Um, and then Jonah Trinham is getting better, and Micah Simon has really stepped up. He registered last year, and he's looking really good for us. And I think guys over the middle, Matt Moroni and Matt Bushman, they're looking really good. So, you know, I'm... I'm fortunate to have a lot of good targets around me, and then uh, the running backs in the backfield as well are looking good as well. Now, the last thing is you, you know, you have these next five months to prepare for game one. What are you focused on most in terms of trying to improve yourself? You know, a lot of things. And, and obviously, as evidenced by today, you know, it wasn't the sharpest day or the cleanest day, but, you know, it's it's okay. we, we got to learn from it, and it's always fun to be out here in the spring game. So being able to, I think, mainly is just decision-making, you know, making sure that I'm seeing the defense and then making the right decision with the ball. And a lot of that comes pre-snap. You know, Coach Detmer work, works a lot with us on the mental side of, of the game, recognizing coverages, recognizing fronts, and then taking that and making the best decision possible with the ball. So today wasn't my cleanest day, um, but, you know, watch the film, learn from it, and I'll be able to work on it through the rest of the summer and fall and uh, get ready for the season. I'm excited. Always great to see you out here on the field, slinging it around, and good luck over the offseason. We'll talk to you in a few months. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Tanner Mangum with Nate Mickle. Thanks, guys. And as we come back in, we're back into live 11-on-11 football, tackle football, which means the starters' days are done. Speaking of Tanner Mangum being finished for the day, Cody Wilstead is in and facing a second down and about 20 after a holding penalty took away a nice completion to Nate Sampson on his first throw of the series. Cody Wilstead, the big fella, 6'6", 222, the freshman just off his mission. Cody coming out of southern Utah. He played his high school at Pineview. 
And he's under center with Trey Dye as the tailback on the second and long. The right-hander throws crisply to the near side. Catch is made at the near sideline and hauling in the reception is Tanner Redding. Tanner Redding is one of the non-scholarship players at 6'4", 200, the sophomore from Bountiful. It'll be third down and long for the offense as they go right to left, south to north as we see it. And you hear it, BYU Spring Football 2017, brought to you in part by Kona Ice. Looking for some fun in your life? Book Kona Ice for your next event. The coolest shaved ice truck around. Visit them online at Kona-Ice.com. Greg Grubel, Mark Lyons upstairs, Nate Nickel on the field on this soggy Saturday. Third down, and they'll say it's about five with Trey Dye in the backfield joining Cody Wilstead. Wilstead in the gun, Dye left hip, two wides left, single wide right for Cody. Takes the snap. The lanky right-hander throws, complete. Pass midfield to the 40 and to the 30. Matt Bushman's had a big yeah. day, the 20, the 10, and Look. give him a touchdown. <laughs> oh. He caught that ball, uh, beat that first defender, and uh, showed a lot of speed as he outran people that had an angle on him. 65-yard touchdown, Willstead to Bushman. And, uh, Mark, we could say, having seen enough of Matt today, that he's kind of been the breakout star of the day at tight end. I agree that uh, he's a really solid player. They've been excited about him. Uh, man, he, uh, he has better speed than I imagined. But now, when they want him to gain that 20 pounds so we can block out there, he's going to lose some of that speed. But, uh, you know, what are you going to take? 6'5", 230 officially, Matt Bushman. Hauls in the ball from Cody Wilstead, and then a nice run after catch for a big fella. Rhett Almond on for the PAT. By the way, after that uh, last touchdown, Rhett Almond was good on the PAT. They gave Andrew Mickelson a PAT. Look at it as well. He made that. Then they tried a couple of 42-yard field goals. Almond's was good. Mickelson's was blocked. And that PAT just now on the touchdown by Bushman is good by Rhett Almond. So the flip sides of the field, the offense will come the other way as we're in the final 15 minutes or so of this spring scrimmage. Our KSL audience will duck out at 3 o'clock. And those with us on BYU Radio, along with the BYU Cougars app and the BYU Radio app, can stay with us for the tail end of the scrimmage and uh, post-scrimmage interviews that will happen after 3 o'clock. But right at 3, we'll uh, let our KSL audience duck out for the afternoon. It's joined us at 12. So three good hours of football on yeah, KSL, that's... and we'll stay longer on BYU Radio. Jeremiah Evans is now the quarterback as the offense goes left to right, north to south, dodging the raindrops from the 25-yard line. Ball between the hashes. Jeremiah Evans, son of Joe Evans who was a quarterback in the Ty Detmer era. And they're going to be a whistle on the first play of the series. Sometimes uh, it was a substitution. Could they actually call that? Actually, what do they call a substitution infraction on the defense? <laughs> Looked like they were signaling. I'm not sure if that's what it was, but I think that was the indication. It'll uh, put it downfield. The first down and five from the 30 now for the offense. We've seen a lot of football today, though, Greg. That uh, They've done a lot of work here in this uh, practice today. Give them the final 15 minutes of work before they call it good and get into our post-scrimmage interviews. K.J. Hall is the lone setback for Evans under center at the 30-yard line. First down and five. Stretch handoff to K.J. K.J., a little stutter as a flag flies. Gets out to near the line to gain. A four-yard gain and almost five. And a flag on the play. Looks like a hold on the offense. It'll bring it back. Yep, hold on the O. So march the ball backwards, and they'll do it again. It'll create a first down and 15 
for the offense. BYU spring football coverage here today is brought to you in part by Maverick. Maverick is adventure's first stop. About 13 minutes left in our scrimmage. A little less than that left in our KSL coverage for the day. K.J. Hall is the setback to the left hip of Jeremiah Evans. Evans, the fifth quarterback in uniform today. Evans throws a ball that's almost intercepted. Diving in to make what he hoped would be an interception on the near side of the field was B.J. Fifita. Boy, he came a long way in a hurry because... uh uh, Bo Tanner looked like he was going to make that reception and have a chance to turn. Boy, he came out of nowhere on the inside, made the dive, and almost made that pick. 20-yard line and second down and long, 15 yards for Jeremiah Evans in the offense. Riley Burt, you're running back to his left. Snap to Jeremiah on a three-step. A ball deflected and flutters to the far sideline. Third down and 15 coming up. Following this series with Evans, we'll take our final two-minute break. And then we'll stay with you till right before the top of the hour when we'll let our KSL audience check out for the day. And we'll stay live on BYU Radio, BYUCougars.com, the BYU Radio app, and the BYU Cougars app until we're finished, including some post-scrimmage interviews. Ula Tolutau is our tailback on this third down and 15. Evans under center. Two wide receiving options to the right. He'll simply play conservatively, hand off to Tolu Tau, and Tolu Tau is yanked down in the backfield. Loss on the play, and it'll be fourth down for the offense. A defensive line out there right now, and uh, quite a bit today, has really done a good job in getting pressure on the quarterbacks on passes. BYU has not had a long time to make decisions on where to throw it. And then they've also done a, a good job just uh, getting their hands up and deflecting balls. That tackle in the backfield made by Solomone Wolfgram. 6'5", 285, the junior. Came out of BYU-Hawaii. was a basketball player for the Seasiders. Of course, the BYU-Hawaii Athletics Program is uh, shuddering right now. They're about to play their final contests in the spring sports before BYUH gets out of the sports business. That's where... Solomone Wolfgram played. It's fourth down. They've actually reset the down marker to first down, so they'll give you a first and ten, forego the punt, and put the offense back out with Bo Hodge. Bo Hodge now getting a first and ten from the 25. Left to right, north to south for Hodge. Tolu Tau and Creed Richardson, the offset eye. Richardson the fullback, Tolu Tau the tailback. Play action on a deep drop. Hodge runs into Tolu Tau, bumps off of him, and to the far sideline, they blow it dead. Bit of a busted play there as Hodge banged into his backfield mate. A little confusion there, and it'll go to second down. Well, again, the defensive line gets through there enough that uh, Hodge decides, I've got to move out of here. And when he tries to move out of here, that's when he runs into his own man. So it's that uh, defensive pressure, again, getting into the quarterback's face, taking away his opportunity to make a throw. Second down and 10 for the offense at the 25-yard line as they go left to right. Offense in the white jerseys and defense in the Royal Blues today. No blue versus white, but it is offense versus defense all day. Bohaja quarterback Ula Tolutau is the tailback. Two wides to the right, single wide left, tight end left, handoff middle, Tolutau. Tolutau drags tackler, steps through a tackle into the 30-yard line. Gain four and almost five, third down and five at the offense. If the offense doesn't convert here, we'll take a break, our final two-minute break, and come back for the final moments of today's scrimmage. And 
again, our KSL listening audience will duck out right before the top of the hour. Our other listeners can stay with us, whether listening on the apps or on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. And a flag flies before they can get off this third down snap. They had 12 on the field that time. BYU had 12 in the uh, formation. So, personnel infraction on the offense. We'll see if they've done as they've done recently and just keep the ball where it is or back off the uh, yardage. They'll stay where it was at the 30, third down and five. So, no mark, uh, no marking off of yardage. As the spring rule is a little more liberal. Kavika <laughs> Fonua. And Kyle Griffiths are also in the backfield. Hodge under center. Tight end slides in motion as they hand off to Fonua on this third down and five. Kavika's got a first down. Kavika outside the 35 to near the 40-yard line before he was tackled. On third and five, a run of nine for Kavika Fonua. Kavika showing some good jump today. Well, that offensive line really beat, you know, I've been saying the defense has been whooping them, but uh, that offensive line just pushed everybody out of there. There was nobody even had to interact with after five yards. So it was a great offensive push on that down. First down and 10 for the offense at the 39-yard line. Ball between the hashes for Bo Hodge. And the O, Fonua and Griffiths again will be the offset eye. Griffiths, a one-time BYU quarterback pre-mission. Stretch handoff to Fonua. Kavika steps aside from one tackle and sprints to the far sideline. Gets near the marker. Head-on head hit at a nine-yard gain. Griffiths leading the way at the far side for Kavika Fonua. Nice run by Kavika. Almost another first down. Mark, I recall visiting with the parents of Kyle Griffiths in a hotel in Florida. One time we were there for a road trip. We met his family. That's right. Yeah. Good job. That's a good recall, Greg. We were at... We were in the uh, restaurant for breakfast, and there were the Griffiths. Yeah, and we nice chatted chat with, with them. them a bit. Yeah, yeah it was good. It was good. And I think that was when back when BYU played uh, Central Florida there for the game in Orlando. I believe you're and right. Yeah, that's I'd... where his home is, right down there yeah. in, uh, I think, Windermere, Florida. Bo Hodge under center on a, th- a second down and two. We'll stretch it to Riley Burt. Riley dragging tacklers to the 45-yard line. Yeah, another good the 45 push. to the 44. Cody Savage made the tackle for the D. Another first down for the offense. Mass changes now on the defensive side, up front mostly. Secondary stays the same. Bohaj under center on a first down and 10 at the 44-yard line of the defense. Handoff. Riley. Riley stutters a little bit, stumbles and falls just inside the 45-42 yard line. Second down and eight. We're going to take our final two-minute break. We'll come back and uh, wrap up our KSL coverage as we continue with BYU Spring Football 2017 here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. For over 100 years, the skilled electricians of IBEW Local 354 have helped Salt Lake City and the state of Utah grow and prosper. Our state-of-the-art apprenticeship program prepares our members for safe, quality electrical construction. Ask for IBEW electricians and get the job done right. The first time, on time, on budget, every time. The time is now to hire IBEW electricians. Hey, this is Chris from JCW's, the Burger Boys. If you're looking for the perfect place to watch your favorite team while enjoying a delicious third-pound burger piled high with thick bacon and a delicious shake, then JCW's is the perfect place. 
We're a homegrown Utah company, and we work hard to provide the best-tasting food around in a clean, friendly atmosphere that family and friends will enjoy. Stop in and see us today. We're in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, and now in South Jordan. JCW's quality and a lot of it. Things in Orem and Provo are always changing. Construction is expanding, businesses are coming to town, and BYU has a new coach. Whatever changes happen in our community, one thing will always stay constant. The support we at Ken Garf, Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen will always show toward BYU and the Cougar community. Come visit us on University Parkway in Orem. Ken Garf, we hear Cougs. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Wash all you want at Quick Quack Car Wash with the lowest unlimited car wash prices in Utah. More locations, more savings, and more fun. For location info or special offers, visit DontDriveDirty.com or text GOCOOGS to 555-888. Back at LaVelle Edwards Stadium for spring football 2017, the offense on the field. Coy Detmer Jr. having replaced Bo Hodge in this same series. The offense inside the 20-yard line. Another minute of coverage left with us on KSL before we say so long to our KSL audience and keep it going for everyone else till after the top of the hour. Coy Detmer Jr. hands off to Ula Tolutau. Tolutau running middle on second down and about seven. He'll set up a third down and short for the offense. This whole drive been pretty much on the ground. Rain looks a little steadier as we're in the final four minutes of scrimmage play. At this time, we're going to thank all those who joined us on KSL News Radio starting at noon today. So, our coverage on KSL going from noon to three. We're going to invite everyone else with us on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, slash live radio, and on the BYU Radio and BYU Cougars apps to stay with us for more coverage to take it till the end of the scrimmage and post scrimmage. On third and two, Oula Tolutau stopped about a yard short, and on that, we're going to say goodbye to our KSL audience. Keep it going for everyone else. Thanks for joining us on KSL for Spring Football 2017. And we continue live here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for everybody else. After that last Ula Tolu Tau run, player down at the end of the play. It's been a pretty clean day Braden relative Leslie, to injuries, but uh, linebacker Riggs Powell, non-scholarship player, took a pop right at the end of that. May have taken well, he, the brunt of Tolu Tau. He's the hitter. Yeah. yeah, he was the hitter and uh, ended up going down at the same time. So with uh, Riggs Powell down, they tend to him with the clock running under three minutes. So we are in the closing minutes of scrimmage play here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. And once it wraps up, we'll give you a couple of quick post-scrimmage interviews, get some time with Kalani, and then call it a day for today. We thank those for being with us and staying with us on BYU Radio. We're also on the BYU Cougars app. If you don't have the BYU Cougars app, you've got to get it. Just go to the App Store, look up for BYU Cougars, download it, and then... Simply pick the sport of your choosing, click on the radio tab, and you can hear our broadcast live. You're also getting us live on the BYU Radio app, as well as on BYURadio.org and BYUCougars.com slash live radio. Lots of ways to tune us in on KSL and beyond. Again, thanks to our BYU Radio audience for hanging with us here. 
Corey Detmer Jr. on a fourth down and short. Throws near side and complete but short of the mark as Creed Richardson made the catch. And I took, took a hit on that. I didn't like the way right he got on hit on the knee. knee. Yeah, right yeah. on his knee. I didn't like the way he went down at the end of it, and he is hurt. He made that catch, and he took a hit right on the knee, foot planted on the ground. And I'll be surprised that's not going to be a little bit of time on the sidelines for Creed Richardson because yeah. he took a hard hit right on that right knee. One of the things they talk about in the scrimmage is to hit above the waist. And so uh, that defender, I know he's coming hard and he wants to make the play, but, uh, boy, he ends yep. up going low and makes a problem. Yep. So right here in the last minute or two of scrimmage, a couple of injuries. <laughs> Creed Richardson, a backup fullback, goes down after being hit, and that's right knee is the one that was injured. They'll give Coy Detmer a first down anyway as he stretches the handoff to Riley Burt, running it left, cutting it back up between the hashes and un- undercut at the six-yard line as the offense is going in from left to right, north to south. Final minute of play here, period number 19 on the practice format, and the final minute of scrimmage action here at Lovell Edwards Stadium. Greg Grubel and Mark Lyons up top. Let's check in with Nate down at field level. Nate has had the poncho on all day long, and Nate, it's probably as heavy now, the rainfall, as it has been all day. It's been soggy all day, and now it's soaking. Guys, yeah, it's coming down. Uh, guys are huddling under the tent. Some of the players are. It's wet. Stretch handoff, Riley. Riley gets inside the five, tackled, tackled around the four, the three-yard line. It'll be a third down and goal for the offense with 30 seconds to go. Two years ago in his freshman year, I'm talking about Riley Burt, uh, I thought he was uh, very promising. I really liked his uh, slash, and I liked him on kickoff return, and then he redshirted last year just because they had so many good running backs ahead of him to keep him around for another year. And I still see a lot of promise in that young man. Detmer will go under center with Kavika Fonua. What might be our final play of the day? If they don't get it in, maybe one more. Hand off to Kavika. Kavika spins and over the plane for the touchdown. Give him a touchdown on the final play of scrimmage. Kavika Fonua with the touchdown run. Short run of three yards off the handoff from Koi Detmer Jr. And that might do it for today. Relative to play on the field. They've gone through 19 periods and clocks at zeros. They may do a PAT and then call it good for spring football 2017. Andrew Mickelson will be on to attempt the PAT. The hold from Bo Hodge. Mitch Harris, the long snap. The weather today turned out pretty much like we feared it might with a high percentage of rain and it was with us for most of the day. PAT good by Mickelson and that will do it for today's play. We're going to stay right here at the stadium. We'll be getting post-scrimmage comments from coaches and players. Creed Richardson is uh, trying to walk it off, so maybe not as bad as we thought it might be, but he's going to hobble toward the huddle at the middle of the field as the players gather around Coach Satake and get their post-scrimmage comments from the coach. We'll be soon be getting co- comments from Kalani coaches and players too. Our intent is to have a kind of a group interview with Nate putting the mic in with Coach Satake and then getting Kalani on the headset for a bit of one-on-one time as well. As it is wet and not terribly comfortable out there, maybe not too many guys sticking around too long today, but we'll get some post-scrimmage commentary for you before we end our day here on the network. A lot of the information that the coaches get out of this particular scrimmage comes in the film sessions, and so they'll go over films and evaluate everybody, and they play so many people at so many different times, so wasn't really a true one-on-one, but they will get a good evaluation of uh, their personnel. 
we were tracking, courtesy of my statistician Greg Pesci today, all the 11-on-11 scrimmage numbers. And so I'm going to give you some numbers that we gathered. These are unofficial. But when they were 11-on-11, here's what we came up with. Tanner Mangum, 9 of 15 with a touchdown and two interceptions, 114 total yards. Bo Hodge, a completion for 30 yards. Other quarterbacks throwing in 11-on-11. Ty Detmer, at least a completion for a three yards. And uh, Cody Wilstead had a couple of completions, including a 65-yard touchdown to Matt Bushman. Did I say Ty Detmer? I meant Coy Detmer Jr. That Ty Coy thing is going to get me this year, yeah. I can tell. Among the receiving numbers of note, uh, Joe Triniman, uh, Jonah Triniman, a catch for 12 yards. Talon Shumway, a couple for 38. Uh, Matt Bushman had the big day today. Four catches for 103 yards, including a touchdown. He had a touchdown in Skelly as well. Uh, Micah Simon, a catch for 16. Tukuafa, we had him down for 16 on a catch. Samson, one for seven. Uh, Tolu Tell, a couple catches for six. Most was catching the football. K.J. Hall had a reception of 17 yards. Creed Richardson, a three-yarder. Running back numbers of note, uh, Tanner Mangum has some lost yardage on plays blown dead on would-be tackles. Bo Hodge ran for a total of 14 yards. Riley Burt, 25 yards on seven carries. Kavika Fonua was good, 54 yards on six carries. Ula Tolutau, 12 yards on five carries. We had Tradai at two for five and Squally Canada, four for 27. So those are the main numbers of note unofficially as we track them up here at the press box level. Johnny Linehan had a couple of punts, averaged about 47 yards on his two punts. Rhett Almond had a field goal made of 20, a miss of 42. Mickelson had a field goal blocked at 42. Actually, Almond, I had Almond good from 42 and also from 20 today, and PATs were made by Almond and Mickelson. As the players and coaches break their huddle, we're going to head down to field level, and uh, I think that Kalani Sitake will soon be talking with members of the media. We'll see what's happening down on the field. Nate, what do we have happening right now? Yeah, so right now the uh, media waiting in the tent. They got the nice tent up for the media. Keep us dry. All the players heading to the locker room. Looks like Coach Sataki is finishing up with the coaches, and then he'll head over here and uh, address the media. Oh, great. So I think you're going to get, you'll be under the tent uh, canopy for the coaches' comments? Yeah, I, well, actually, it looks like they're going to bring us just outside the coach <laughs> the, the uh, canopy. It looks like uh, Tanner Jacobson's down here as well with uh, Chris Wilcox. So we can listen into these guys right now if you'd like. Sure. It was a lot of fun. It was Tanner Jacobson with the fans, um, tons of support even in this rain. Um, it's always fun. It always t- turns it up a notch with the intensity when we're going live and some stuff. Uh, haven't gone live a whole lot during the spring, but it felt good to first to get those first couple licks out, and then we were just back to normal. With being able to have a little bit of help from the rain, they had to run the ball, or the, the passes were kind of a little bit off. But you guys, the defense still playing rather vanilla, but you guys still seem to step up for a lot of the a lot of the plays and make plays. So pretty pleased with how the defense did. Yeah, I think I think defense played great. Um, as far as stands out, Isaiah Kafusi played outstanding. Um, I've just loved watching him more and more. And really, there's so many guys. We're so deep on all levels. It's just, it's just fun to have your your brothers and your guys out there making plays with you that have worked so hard uh, all through offseason and everything to get where they are today. How do you feel about your spot on on the depth chart with the spring with safeties right now? Um, I'm just putting my my nose to the ground and keep working. Um, I'm not in the coaching business. I'm in the playing business. So uh, I'm just focused on getting better day in and day out. And wherever they put me, I'm gonna try to excel. Um, 
All right, guys, that was Tanner Jacobson, and we're going to head over to uh, Kalani Sataki right now as well. Okay, so Kalani is speaking to the media next, and uh, Tanner bring, brings up Isaiah Kafusi. Yeah. A couple of picks today, tackles, he was he was involved, he was out there. You know, they do think he could use a little more weight, but he's already gotten more weight from prior to the time he left on his mission. He was a skinny kid. So uh, the fact that he's out there flying around, boy, he stuck his nose in there, make a couple of good, solid hits. And yeah, you're right, two picks. So uh, I think he's working pretty hard to get some more time. Well, Kalani's not worried about the rainfall. He doesn't need a canopy. He's out on the on the field, uh, sitting in the rain, uh, waiting for the media to gather around him. We know that Nate Mickle is already there uh, with Kalani, but Kalani's yet to begin his official comments to the media. When he does, we'll have the microphone in there and get what Kalani has to say. Then we'll also put the headset on Kalani. A little bit of one-on-one time with him before we uh, wrap things up here by the end of the day. Crowd down today. From previous years, I think you combine the weather, the fact that it was on TV, you could stay at home and watch it as well. Yeah. I think all those things kind of combine, keep the numbers down a little bit. But we applaud all those who did show up today to see some football here at LaBelle Everett Stadium. It was kind of a soggy day. Didn't really let up too much and was kind of steady with us for most of uh, the live portion of football. All right, guys, I'm down here with uh, Coach Satake. He's got the uh, shorts on, no gloves. How are you feeling, Coach? I'm a little cold, but it's all right. <laughs> it's, it, the, the, the odd thing is my legs are fine. It's my uh, ears and my hands that are suffering now. <laughs> so do you just want to give us your overall impressions of the day today? Uh, I have to watch the film. I mean, I was, I was a little disappointed with the uh, – I, th- I thought we had um, – you know, I, I'll have to look at what Tanner did with the with his reads, but I thought he might have taken some chances on the throws that he shouldn't have. And uh, when you do it against a good defense like, like we have, they're going to make you pay and cause some turnovers. So – yeah, what are your thoughts right now on, on the defense? Where do you see the defense right now, and, and where do you expect them to be? I love where the defense is at. We have a lot of returning guys, and uh, most of our issues would be in the front. You know, So uh, I feel good about, the, first of all, the coaches and the scheme that we have. And so uh, we'll see how it goes as, you know, as we uh, get in our offseason and everything. But uh, for the spring, I, I thought we're way further ahead than we've ever been. And I uh, just could, I couldn't be more pleased than what, I, what I've seen from Coach Tuyaki and Ed Lamb and Kafusi and uh, Guilford. Now, one of the position groups that I know fans are excited about is the tight end group. I know it's, I know it's an emphasis for uh, Coach Detmer. And uh, how do you assess their play today? Well, I mean... Love Matt Bushman, you know, and I, I love the whole group. I thought Joe Tukoff did some good things. Verona, I didn't really get some work. Uh, we wanted to see him more in our run run blocking scheme, and so he was able to do a little bit of run blocks for us. But um, uh, you know, I, I thought the whole group overall. Uh, Steve Clark's done an amazing job with that group, and I thought we've uh, we've done a great job bringing some new guys in and taking advantage of some reps that you know, with Tanner being out and, and Hunter, uh, those guys have been able to take the reps, and uh, it's 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 been been a huge benefit for Matt. Bushman and uh, Joe Tukwafu uh, specifically. All right, now we're going to yep. uh, pull a little audible here, Greg. We're going to put the headset on Coach Taki and let you and Mark ask him a couple questions. I see Kalani's got the headset on now. Kalani, thanks for taking a minute or two with us and standing in the rainfall for us. We appreciate it. No, thank you. So you just mentioned Matt Bushman and Joe Tukawafu. I thought, of course, Matt was outstanding, and, and Joe made nice grabs. What's the Joe Tukawafu situation? Can we get excited about him playing this year, or we have to wait on that still? Uh, it's still a work in progress. You know, trying to get a release for him, and um, that's that's something that we'll have to see as it, as it progresses. But uh, we'd love to have him on the field, and uh, we'll just have to. I guess we're just waiting on time a little bit here. We have Matt Bushman, coach, listed at six five two thirty. How accurate is that? Where would you like him to be? you and Coach Clark as a tight end? 
I think that's pretty accurate. He might be a little heavier than that. He's been working really hard in the weight room, and uh, uh, I know he's doing some stuff with baseball and everything. But um, you know, I think he's got—he's a special talent when it comes to, uh, to to football. He's got such an amazing uh, ability to find just run smooth. And he reminds me—I hate to put this tab on him—but Dennis Pitta runs a similar way. You know, and, uh, he has tons of speed. I mean, he ran away from some DBs on that one play, and uh, that's what he's capable of doing. And, and um, just uh, he and Moroni have that athleticism that, that they can turn a, a drag route into a big play. And uh, Joe has his skills well, being a big power guy that can block. Um, you know, when we, we already know what Tanner can do, and we know what what, what um, Hunter can do. So right. uh, that seems like I've just named five guys. You know, that can do some stuff for this year, for us this year. Well, that's the thing with those guys out in spring. I think you, you you've got a group of tight ends that can be once again a, a real factor in the BYU offense again. Oh yeah, and that's uh, that's the, the, that was the goal. You know, and and uh, it, you can do it when you have more numbers to, to choose from and. We'll let these guys compete, and the best guys will play, and the more productive guys will be on the field. But uh, we know that everyone's got their skill and they're in there that can help us. Um, some guys can block better than the others, but uh, the total package guys will be the guys that probably play the most. Isaiah Kafusi made some plays for you today on defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Isaiah's a great athlete. I think the only problem that he had when he got home from his mission was get, get in the weight room and get bigger, and he did that. Uh, he's still got a little bit of uh, time to, to get some muscle mass, but uh, he's a very athletic and got great instincts. And so when you put the, those two things together, uh, he, he produces tons of plays, and uh, he's got a really bright future here at linebacker. Coach, uh, you've been pleased with the offensive line progress that we've heard about. Uh, what do you think today? Now, first of all, let me ask you this. Do you have more depth there this year? you have more guys you think they're going to be able to, to use? Yeah, and I think you know we, we held out a lot of the, the ones from the live stuff. I mean, other than Kean getting some snaps at center, most of the Tijon, those guys were in, in, in snaps that were uh, tagged. But for the old linemen, it's pretty much live for those guys. And yeah. uh, it's difficult to go against our defense, especially the way uh, – Coach Tiaki's teaching these D linemen to pass rush. It's really hard for uh, those guys to sustain that much time. But um, you know, I thought they did a decent job at, at protection. I, I th- obviously, the weather doesn't help us much here. Yeah. But um, you know, Tanner, uh, I guess, doesn't have very much luck when it comes to throwing the ball. <laughs> so, so in 2017, you expect every game to be in the rain this year. Um, but that's okay. We, we can hand the ball off a little bit. I mean, we're going to try to be more balanced and be able to rely on the run game. I feel great about the the running back and the, uh, the running back position. And so um, the backup line, I love that the, the, their size and the, 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 their yeah. physical, you know, and um, uh, and you saw it in the last drive. They're just to be able to take over a game, and uh, it's hard to stop a team when you can run. So we, we feel like that's a good part of what we can do, and we're going to have to hang our hat on that. And, and uh, depending on who, who emerges as the number one running back will be the guy that, that wins the battle. That was my other question. You already commented, but the defensive front did a nice job getting some pressure. Yeah, and I, I mean, Coach Chiaki, that's what he's known for. You know, he did that for me uh, back at Utah, and uh, I think he's one of the best um, technicians when it comes to teaching technique for D-line, and uh, you know, for a four-man rush to get pressure on the quarterback does uh, wonders for a defense, and I think we can be able to create some, some uh, 
disruption and make some big plays. And you saw even against a, uh, a great quarterback like Tanner, our defense makes a lot of small windows to throw through. And if you make a mistake or take a chance on something, we'll probably make you pay. And and uh, even as great a quarterback as Tanner is and, and how confident he is in his skill, the defense can make you pay. And that's what our, our defense is capable of doing. We did it last year. And I think we, we can still follow up with that, even though Kainakua is gone. I think that you can see we have guys that can make plays on the ball. Well, Kalani, one more week of work for you, then spring's done for this year, right? Yeah, and we'll focus on trying to um, get better technique-wise and try to develop a, a, a two-deep that we, th- we think we can work on at every position and and uh, let our guys compete a little bit more. Next week, we'll be focused on, um, on on our scouting report. You know, there's a lot of guys that are new here to the program and they've never been through a fall, and so we want them to go through uh, how we uh, attack the week uh, as far as our, our scouting our opponents and how we install our defense and, and our base plays to their best plays and things like that. And so uh, that way, when we get to the season, it won't be so uh, foreign to them. And kudos to the fans. I know you say for the ones who came out today to join you guys and watch you guys uh, in in the cool and, and, and the wet to, to, to get the spring wrapped up for them. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to do things differently every year. I mean, I, I, if it were up to me, I'd like to play a game every year, you know, but uh, depending on what we lose uh, year to year as far as uh, guys that graduate and uh, how deep we are as a team, I think if, we, if we're more comfortable with our depth at O-line and D-line, uh, specifically O-line, we can we can more, more than likely have a game, but this year the numbers are low and, and uh, you know, we are know we're getting out of the four returning starters we want to see the backup guys get most of the live reps and i thought they did a pretty good job we had a fun time today with you guys kalani thanks so much greg you're the best thank you all right thanks appreciate it head coach kalani satake as we are still at field level on this uh, soggy saturday (laughs) it's a soggy saturday and uh, uh, you know for the rain that we got yesterday to you know, break records, uh, follow it up with another wet, uh, it was day before yesterday, that's right, uh, follow it up with another wet, soggy day today. The grass is loving it. I'm watching our poncho guy, Nate Mickle, make his way from midfield to near the end zone. Who do we have to talk to, Nate? Let's go with uh, Matt Bushman. I'm going to put the headset on Matt. I'll let you guys ask some questions. Oh, great. Fantastic. So uh, we think Matt Bushman's putting the head. Matt, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Well, Matt Bushman is with us now. Greg Grubel and Mark Lyons upstairs. Matt, thanks for coming on. And uh, I guess we could say officially uh, welcome to BYU football. How to feel out there? Matt, can you hear us? Whoop. We just dropped off, it looks like. Hold on here. Nate's working his fe- feverishly down there to make sure we can stay on the air with Matt. We had him, then we lost him. Matt, can you hear us down there? He may be able to hear us, but not be able to talk to us. Nate's doing the best he can down there in the uh, in the rainfall to make sure that we still have someone to talk to. <laughs> oh, I think I can see Matt doing his best and wanting to talk to us. The headset's on for sure, but uh, we may have uh, maybe rain got where it shouldn't have gotten. Nate can talk to us at all right now. Is or Nate going for the batteries again? I'm not sure. Well, we, we do appreciate the fact that Matt has the headset on and is uh, making <laughs> time available for us, but now getting on the air is the uh, is the next part of the equation, and Nate really is doing his best to figure it out, but uh, it's a bit of a chore down there. Again, we took some unofficial numbers for Matt's day today. He had to be the high receiver in he yards, right? He high receiver at four catches for 103 and a couple of touchdowns. I sense that he might be with us. Matt, are you there? 
Um, yes, I'm right here. Hey, you are with us. Well, we appreciate you for sticking with us, and we appreciate uh, Nate for doing the engineer work down there. And again, we kind of offer you an official welcome to BYU football. It's been a little while till we get to see you play this way. How does it feel to be out there with the guys and doing what you did today? Um, honestly, it's been great. Spring ball has been a great experience for me, and coming out today was just an awesome experience to be in front of the fans and actually play some live football. Uh, Matt, you recently returned, I think. When did you get back from your mission? Where were you? I got back about six months ago in September, and I was in Santiago, Chile. Oh, great. So uh, I know that uh, you just turned on the afterburners and outran everybody. That was pretty impressive to see that speed. You've, have you ever been a – you've always been a fast kid? Um. Honestly, that kind of surprised me, too. <laughs> um, I was just didn't really want to get tackled, so I was just running as hard as I, could, as hard as I could. Since you've been back six months already, that's given you kind of enough time to get conditioned and, and to a point where you weren't going to feel like it was a real shock to the system. That's a good enough time, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. The strength coaches are great, AJ, Newton, and Justin, and they've really been working with us, and we're just getting trying to get stronger and stronger. What do returned missionaries talk about amongst themselves or trainers to returned missionaries about what you really have to be careful of in those months back uh, off the field? I think the main concern is getting our legs back, just the hamstring injuries. There's a lot of that. And honestly, just trying to get an overall strength back because these are some big boys and we're playing against some some big guys. So we just got to get an overall strength back back with us. A lot of fans are waiting for that time when the tight end becomes a real featured part of the BYU offense again. And it feels like we're getting closer. Do you agree there, Matt? Um, I hope so. We have some great tight ends here, and um, the coaching staff, Coach Clark, Steve Richards, Coach Detmer, they're all just doing their best to help us out, and us tight ends are working hard to try to make plays. So in your hard work, uh, does that include, like, shakes every night? Do they want you to gain some weight? Yeah, I'm still a little skinny right now, so I'm trying to gain weight. I'm trying to uh, get up to, like, 230, 235 um, by the fall. So this summer will be good so that I can start lifting a lot more, start taking that protein, and just try to get bigger. Well, it was great getting a sneak peek of the tight end spot and watching you play today, Matt. Thanks for the time, and congratulations on the effort today. No, thank you. Have Thanks a great, very much. Have a good one. You too. That's Matt Bushman. Matt Bushman's uh, made a name for himself today in the spring game with a number of catches, got into the end zone a couple of times, and again, I think that uh, tight end group, as Coach Detmer talked about in the pregame, could be a real strength of this BYU team this year as they get that position together. So good stuff. And Nate, thank you down there. Nate Mickle, are you still with us? Yeah, we're good. Getting it figured out, guys. You know, a little bit of rusty from the off season, but uh, yeah, we got it all worked out. <laughs> Who else is down there talking to the media right now? Can we get a mic in with maybe Tanner? Or? We've got a talent Shumway right talent. now. If you'd like to yeah. uh, chat with Talon, by all means. Is this Talon? Yep. Talon Shumway has the headset on. Lone Peak's own Talon Shumway. Man, it seems like a long time since you're playing football for Lone Peak. Does it seem like a long time for you? Oh, yeah. Probably longer for me than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so it was after that season at Lone Peak, um, it, it, it's been a long time to get to this point today. Take us chronologically through what happened from post-high school senior to, to getting to where we are now. Um, so since uh, since the, my senior season ended in football, from, from there till now, it was... Uh, my senior basketball season, uh, a mission, and then I came home and I redshirted my first year here, and then we we got through last year, and now I'm here. So it has been very, very long, a very yeah, long road. It's a sophomore season for you now, uh, which followed last year, preceded by a redshirt year, preceded by a mission. So really, high school is like a like a generation ago. It felt like a long, long time ago. But now we are at a position where you're out making plays and feeling good. That's the most important thing, isn't it? You're feeling good again, healthy again. Oh, yeah, feeling great. 
Tell us, tell, tell us what you dealt with in the last couple of years to where they maybe kept you off the field a little more than you would have liked. Um, yeah, I had a, a back surgery my, my first year back, so that uh, that kind of put my first year away. But it ended up being a good thing, and ever since then, from like the day of the surgery, the last couple of years has been... Uh, really good. My health's been great. So I think now I'm healthier than I've ever have been, um, even in high school. So, Talon, uh, at the end of last year, you got a lot more attention and uh, a lot more playing time. Kind of tell people that uh, I think, didn't you think you were playing more at the end of the season than you did at the start? Yeah. Uh, can you tell people what was it that made the change to allow you to get into the more opportunity to play? Um, it was, <laughs> I think it was more the coaches than it was me. Uh, I've never really seen a, a group of, of coaches that are as open-minded and, and humble as our coaches. So I think they're, they're always just willing to make changes and see how different guys fit and give guys opportunities. And I, I kind of lucked out to, to get a good opportunity last year from, from the coaches. What's it like to be coached by Coach Cahoon there at Whiteout? So good. He was, uh, he was here when I, when I signed, or actually before I signed, he, uh, he recruited me. And then he was gone for a few years, and that was it was hard for me because he was a big reason why I came here, mm-hmm. um, maybe the reason. And uh, as soon as the the coaching turnover happened, I I uh, I was really hoping he'd come back. I, I got a hold of him, and I asked him if if he was coming back, and and he said, "Oh, I don't know." And and then a few weeks later, I found out that he was he got the job, and so. I think uh, I look up to him a lot, and I trust him fully as a coach, and he's great at what he does. What are your expectations for the wide receiver core and for this offense as a group here in 2017, Talon? I think taking a step forward from last year, I think we built we we have the opportunity to build off of uh, a good year and a great offense, and so I think just there's a lot of work that has to go in, but. We've got a, a really good group of guys, um, talent-wise, and a really good group together, and we're good friends, so we'll see <laughs> one day at a time. All right. Well, good luck in the last week of spring. Have a great offseason. We look forward to seeing you back to, on the field in August. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Talon. That's Talon Shumway with us, and we're going to let Nate get out of the rain and I think call it a day for us here uh, on our spring football coverage. Our thanks to all those who uh, joined us wherever you listened or are listening. Our thanks to KSL News Radio, our flagship to BYU Radio for sticking with us in our extended coverage. To all those who tuned in on the apps and online, wherever you were or are, thank you for, uh, you know, getting your football fix on this uh, Saturday afternoon in March. We just yeah. did three and a half hours of, of football talk and some play-by-play and uh, again just a hint of what's to come. Tough to get a real good feel for what's going to be Spring this is 2017 so football sure. team. It is just different that way but it's always good to be back in the booth and uh, getting this view we get to see and, and seeing fans in the stands. Yeah, it was absolutely fun. Uh, it's all the coaches out there working together and uh, they're in that same way in a semi-game situation or they're out there and the, I'd like to Tanner Jacobson saying, you know, there's a little more intense. It's just a little bit more when you're starting to go live. And so uh, you could see a little bit of that going on. Thanks to Morgan K. Greenwood, our studio producer, back at the IMG headquarters in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She is just uh, 
She's just the best. She's she, the uh, best. Whether it's football or basketball, spring, winter, or fall, she is with us and uh, just spectacular at her job. Uh, Dave Shook, our coordinating producer, Mike Tingle, our network manager. Uh, Zach Waldman assists as well with audio and social media components back east. We appreciate our entire IMG crew. We thank our statistician, Greg Pesci, our spotter, uh, Doug Martin, the interns, uh, Chase and Luke and Phil, and our chief engineer for football, Barry Squires, for helping us get on the air, stay on the air. Our thanks to Brett Pine, Kenny Cox, the BYU football media relations staff, for helping us out. And uh, that just leaves uh, you and me, Mark. Yeah. And we're going to say goodbye to each other for a few months. Oh, man. I know. It's <laughs> tough. I'm still in rehab on my knee. What are you going to do? I'm going to uh, take a couple of vacations. Yeah, you you go all over the place. Yeah, and uh, and do a lot of planning for the seasons ahead here in 2017. Lots to be done, but a time to take a little bit of a breath here in this next little while, which is Good nice for you. as we kind of end our uh, our, our fall, or rather end our winter spring season here with this uh, spring game. So, Mark, uh, I'll see you in the summer, and uh, we'll come back and do it again for real on August 26th against Portland State here at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Our thanks to the rain man, Nate Mickle, who was down there all day today uh, with commentary and interviews uh, all throughout the day today and getting wet in the process. And that is our crew for all of you out there. So, Mark, should we say so long? Greg, uh, it's been fun. Yeah, so long. In the meantime and in between time, I'm Greg Rubel. Thanking you for joining us today and saying this has been BYU Spring Football on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Good day and so long from Provo. You've been listening to the BYU Spring Football Game on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Today's broadcast has been brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The executive producers of the Cougar IMG Sports Network are Jason Lublin and Tim Pernetti. Associate producers Joe Potter, Chris Ferris, and Brandon Aletto. Coordinating producer Dave Shook. Network manager Mike Tingle. I'm staff announcer Jeff Lawrence with a special thanks to BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of IMG, America's home for college sports.